Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I am David Chen, and Eternals, more like that's how long the movie was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just low-hanging fruit today. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel bad about how terrible that was. I'm sorry. Yeah. Guys, but okay. Um, and joining me today is Devendra Hardwar. Uh, my Eternals power is uh, I can make a podcast out of any tweet. <laughs> out of any it's very tweet. useful. Uh, very useful. And Jeff Kanata. I can't wait to talk about this movie, which is about 3 a.m. Because the KLF told me that 3 a.m. is eternal. What? Wow. <laughs> I don't even care. Uh, what, what's the KLF? You guys, are, you guys are too young. Oh, the band. Okay, the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Got but it. still, wow. 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 That is a deep cut. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Okay. Pretty sure a significant portion of our audience was born after that song came out, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do I care? Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, those are all really terrible oblique references to the fact that today we're going to be reviewing Chloe Zhao's new Marvel film, Eternals. Uh, we got Katie Smith Wong joining us for that review, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support this podcast, if you listen and you're enjoying the show, you're like, I want to support that show, patreon.com slash filmpodcast, where you can support the show, sign up for ad-free episodes and exclusive After Darks. In the last month, we've reviewed movies like Titan, Midnight Mass, and uh, Squid Game. And you can find those bonus episodes, again, at patreon.com slash Film podcast. Let's just get right into what we've been watching this week, folks. All right, because we got we got a lot to cover today, <laughs> and we got to get to this review as well, which is a pretty long review. So uh, let's get right into what we've been watching. Uh, you can always use the hashtag slash tag on Twitter if you want to communicate with us a suggestion for what to watch, folks. Uh, I have had a chance to go to the movie theater again. Uh, I uh, have been going to the movie theater. Uh, going to fairly sparse screenings uh, and wearing, you know, my N95 mask the whole time, and that's how I've been seeing movies. And people should see movies in whatever context, or or not see them in whatever context they feel safest. But um, that's kind of where my head's at right now. And I've been uh, had the chance to see like a bunch of different things. One of the things I saw was the final Seattle screening of Dune in IMAX. Uh, and oh man! B- basically, I went to a Thursday afternoon screening of Dune in IMAX. Is that because uh, they're going to now put Eternals yes, into the IMAX that is, theater? That is exactly correct. I, I mm. literally went into the theater to see Dune and IMAX. Like, there's a poster of Dune. And when I got out of the movie, the poster had changed to Eternals. <laughs> oh, man. So, wow. yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I have not. I did not see Eternals in IMAX. Um, but I'm just going to go on a limb and say that Dune is a better use of that screen um, <laughs> than, than Eternals is. Because I, you know, Dune is incredibly incredible visually, and I mean, Eternals has some decent visuals as well. But I think there is a kind of hard cap on how good the visuals of most Marvel films can be. Um, and anyway, a, a few thoughts on Dune and IMAX. Just a couple, just a couple of thoughts. Number one, this is the first IMAX movie I've seen in eighteen months, basically, and I was surprised at how little of the movie was actually shot in IMAX format. Jeff, you saw this in IMAX as well, right? Yeah. Um, I thought it would be like, you know, because you, you all the marketing is like, oh, so many scenes filmed specifically right, for right. IMAX. And it, it's been happening for a while now that we've had like IMAX you know, directors preparing their movies in like multiple different formats. So I, I was thinking to myself, oh, like 
the majority of this movie is going to be in IMAX or something like that. But I would say it was, and maybe it was technically the majority. Maybe it was like 50 to 60%. It felt like 40 to 50%, honestly. And I thought I was expecting That's 60 a lot. to 70%. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess. But um, I, I, it was, it was a, slightly disappointing to me how much of it there was. Like I wanted there to be more. And also it does do the thing where it changes aspect ratio often within a scene. Right within one yeah. scene, there's like mm-hmm. you're in different aspect ratios, and I just, um, uh, I, I would basically from an image perspective, I was like, okay, like this is marginally better than huh. you know the the I regular, wonder, yeah. You know, I saw I watched it twice as well, and in the opposite order, right? I saw the IMAX first, and then I watched it at home, and I came away with the opposite feeling, where I felt like it was really a less than experience without the IMAX version. I wonder if maybe because your first experience with the film was without IMAX and you expected it to be so much more. Yeah, that... it's possible. It's possible. I, so I saw it at home on HBO Max. Then I saw it in the theater regular format. Then I saw it in IMAX, right? Mm. So I've seen the film three times, basically. And uh, so, you, so you're better than me? So you're yeah, that's, that's literally what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that to me, the image was a marginal improvement over the regular show and like you should wow. you should go see it in imax if you can for sure like it's obviously the best one but i it wasn't like a oh my gosh i'm i'm blown away in a way that that i didn't anticipate only because i think of the the just the number the sheer number of shots the entire opening sequence in, is an imax yeah and that was spectacular i'm like oh my this is incredible uh, imax is amazing i can't wait for more you know the opening sequence with like the zendaya narration and like my planet right. Arrakis gets so beautiful when the sun is low. Like all that stuff was just amazing. And I was like, if the whole movie was like this, I would be freaking and dazzled by it. But, most of my yeah. favorite sequence, the you know, the the mining sequence, uh, is in IMAX. And I just thought when I watched it the second time, I just thought it took I mean, the, there's a you know, these incredible mining machines that they show. Yeah. You see the top and bottom of them, and there's space on both sides in IMAX and then in regular, it's like they're cut off and you see only the midsection of the machine mm-hmm. itself. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. Felt- uh, it definitely was. Well, what I was going to say was that what I had forgotten about IMAX, the feeling that I had forgotten was the earth shaking sound. And what I mean by that is yeah. this is sound that it makes your, I'm not exaggerating, it makes your clothes vibrate, right? Like, you're sitting there and then the sound blast and like I'm, mm-hmm. I literally feel my clothes <laughs> vibrating. And like it does that without the the like uh, transducers in the seats, which the Dolby Correct. Atmos Correct. theaters have. It's nothing in the seats. The power yeah. of subwoofers. The power of the sound. Yeah. And yeah. so that that alone, in my opinion, kind of makes the experience because you, you you won't understand as much of the dialogue, but just like the the <laughs> immersiveness of the experience. <laughs> your clothes understand the dialogue. Your clothes. The, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So so the so the two things you should do if you want to go see Dune is see it in IMAX <laughs> and wear baggy clothes. Yes. Yes. That's a hundred percent accurate. Um, or and, go naked. Uh, just, just let let your body <laughs> yeah. feel all of it. Then something yeah. else will vibrate. <laughs> That's also the ju- point. <laughs> I also just want to express some disappointment about the fact that like Eternals has taken up all the MX screens, and I think yeah. we are seeing all these movie, all these big movies get stacked together now, right? And like it's t- it, they're going to be competing for the same screens, and that's a huge bummer. Um, so, 
Anyway, so it's a very minor annoyance in the grand scheme of things, but it's like, oh, yeah. it's it's kind of annoying that I had to like race against the clock to see like Dune and IMAX, and now it's gone. Basically, I it's wish like, there were like yeah. more alerts about this stuff too, like when stuff was leaving. I almost I wonder do do theaters have the leeway to like be like, no one's gonna go, no one's seeing Eternals IMAX in week two, but people were seeing Dune, you yeah. know, up until we took it away. Can we just bring back Dune? I don't know I about think, that. I think I, very I, some, few theaters have that leeway. Yeah, I think, right, I think right. that's accurate. And, and, you know, Disney is like, you must play this on the largest screens and the most screens imaginable, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm grateful to have seen Dune and IMAX. It's possible you will get the opportunity to see Dune and IMAX again when the second one comes out. You know, they might do like a marathon or something like that. And I would say you should definitely take it. But I just wanted to offer a few reflections, uh, my, my own reflections on, on the movie. Um, okay. Another movie I saw this week, uh, I saw Spencer. The Pablo Lorraine movie about Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this movie is pretty good. Um, I think that it doesn't cover very much new territory uh, when it comes to Diana Spencer's life if you've seen the most recent season of The Crown. So if you've seen the most recent season of The Crown, if, you, if you've read any of the coverage around it, you'll probably know like most of the, stu- the information that is in yeah, this movie. yeah. What this movie does a great job of, first of all, it's beautifully shot. It looks like it was shot on film. I don't know if it's like a, an effect they applied, but it looks like it was shot on film. And uh, it's it's beautiful. It's very claustrophobic. It takes place largely in this one location over the course of a few days, uh, over the course of Christmas, basically, when Princess Diana is there hanging out with the royal family during Christmas. And the movie is trying to convey to you how claustrophobic it is, uh, how Princess Diana feels sort of hemmed in by all the restrictions of life that she has to that she that she are imposed upon her and i think kristen stewart's performance is really really good i listened to a podcast around the time that the crown came out called you're wrong about this is an amazing podcast and uh something that michael hobbs the host said on the show was that that has always stuck with me is he's like i think an argument could be made that being in the royal family is a human rights violation Mm. and you know, you're like, what? Like these like extremely rich, powerful, well, not, not powerful, but famous people, you know, how could, how could being part of this amazing thing be like a, be like a human rights violation? I think we certainly seen evidence of that with like the recent Meghan Markle Oprah interview and that kind of stuff. But basically all of your actions are extremely tightly controlled. And like the things right. that you, you, you get to eat amazing meals and you get to have amazing experiences, but you ultimately have no self-determination. And you have to do everything in a very specific way, honoring centuries of tradition. And what a movie like Spencer proposes is what if that's actually terrible for someone's mental health? Um, and what if it's actually you know terrible for humanity and society that like we allow this to happen uh, on a bigger picture scale? So I think it's uh, a well-made film. And if you are uh, interested in kind of princess diana and her life and and what it might have been like Mm -hmm. i think this movie will offer you an interesting window into it it's actually Um, a good companion to jackie by the way which pablo lorraine also did and like his his explorations of these women basically trapped by their circumstances and being very famous um whatever they do is like tightly um you know tightly viewed and everything like Jackie felt like a horror movie does this Mm -hmm. one kind of have that same vibe johnny greenwood uh did the score as well Mm-hmm. Um, so very, 
very kind of haunting score that is like almost discordant with what the setting is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, it, you you very much feel like the claustrophobia, the dread, uh, the kind of just lack of any kind of optimism about the future whatsoever. Uh, so it's really good as a kind of a tone piece. Jeff, what were you going to say? I was going to ask how the central performance is. I think it's very, I think it's very strong to me. Like everyone's raving about this performance. They're saying like Kristen Stewart's going to get an Oscar nomination. I think Mm. that's very reasonable to me. It was pretty good. I felt it was a little bit too mannered for my own taste. Like there were many times where I felt like this is someone doing an imitation of Diana's mannerisms versus like, this is someone who's actually embodying Diana, but that's my own subjective opinion. A lot of people watch this performance are like, she's incredible. She's amazing. And I do want to acknowledge that. Like, I think she is very good. And I, I think it's very reasonable for someone to watch this movie and think, you know, Kristen Stewart's awesome in this movie. It just didn't quite, I wasn't quite as taken with it as everyone else. Um, but yeah, uh, those are my overall thoughts on Spencer. I do think, it, it, especially if you haven't seen the most recent season of The Crown, you might find this very illuminating. If you have, it, it is still different enough that it's still worth watching because it's a very different kind of storytelling format than the crown is right um and so i think it's worth checking out if you're into this kind of topic so and i agree that it would probably make a good pairing with jackie so those are my thoughts on spencer it's out in limited release right now okay last week on the film cast <laughs> i opened both barrels on you guys uh-huh with a bunch of b movies that i've been watching and Jeff Kanata and I improvised a couple of uh, theme songs. Poorly. For, uh, I mean, according to you, um, for <laughs> Dave's B-movie corner. Because I was like, maybe I'm going to do more B-movies. Excuse me. And There's Noah no maybe Ross, about it, Dave. There's no maybe. Noah Ross, the brilliant human who created our um, email bag music, our weekly plugs music that people hear every week, uh, he wrote in. And he he got to work immediately setting our improvised theme songs to actual music. Uh, And not only did he do that, but he did it for both mine and Jeff's. Okay? (laughs) So, Jeff and Devendra, you have not heard this music until today. No, no. I I will say I previewed it exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. So those uh, fine folks at patreon.com slash filmpodcast got got an early taste of it. Before us? Before you guys. What was the feedback like? Uh, incredible, uh, hugely positive. Okay, so here it is. Which which one do you want to hear first, Jeff? Yours or mine? Oh, uh, you uh, dealer's choice. Okay, uh, let's start with mine. Uh, so this is Dave's B movie corner theme music by David Chen and Noah Ross. Uh, here it is. Dave's B movies, B movies, Dave's B movies, <laughs> the movies that he wanted to see earlier, but he could. <laughs> It's pretty like, good. It's it's almost unfair what we do to Noah Ross. Like the, yeah, he has it to really turn... really shows you how much music is made in production, right? <laughs> that is the definition of polishing a turd. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I mean, I think that's a masterpiece. Basically, what you just heard. Mm, so like, yeah. very very good. Okay, yeah. All right, so I'm like, if Noah like, Ross had created that, I'd be like, wow, you you you've done a great job in life, Noah Ross. You're done. You you don't need to do anything else. But he not only delivered that, he also delivered a version of Dave's B-Movie Corner that features Jeff Kanata as well. Here it is. 
It's Dave's B Movie Corner. Why see in a movie when you can see a B C B A B C B B A B? It's so dumb. It's so, so dumb. Great that mixture. That one's a little bit more there. enigmatic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we may we may use that one as well. Uh, Jeff, there are a lot of questions about like what were you doing at the end there? Do you, well, you have any? Uh... In retrospect, what I what I, I you know sometimes you get you get ahead of your skis. Yes. You uh-huh. know. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> what I was trying to what I set out to do uh, <laughs> with mm-hmm. zero preparation is um, you do a like a you see a movie. Uh, you know, you see a movie, see a B movie. I was trying to do some fun uh, thing wow. with that, but like it, an it, acrostic again, or something. Basically. Yeah, again, I had my skis, <laughs> and then it just uh, you know, you, you fall down the hill and you mm-hmm. land at the bottom. You still mm-hmm. got to the bottom of the hill. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't think there's any way any of us could have ever deduced that that's what you're trying to do. Correct. So yeah, correct. But I, I, th- at some point in my head, I was trying to see a B movie. Why see a, see B, a see B, B movie when yeah when you can see a A movie but then none of that came yeah. out. Amazing. Okay. Wow. I'm I'm learning this information live on the air too. So this is fascinating. Okay. Well, uh, a huge thanks to Noah Ross. Thank you so much, Noah, for the awesome work. I'm gonna and say we, I actually I like yours, Dave. Like the first five seconds of yours, it just you just keep going too long. You know, the first five <laughs> seconds are great, you mm-hmm. know, and then mm-hmm. you can, and then you like, and then that is what he does. You know, you just keep going and then, and then it kind of goes off well, the rails. I, I do bit. think that is part of the joke, Jeff, but yes. No, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Okay. So there is a reason to talk about uh, Dave's movie, B-Movie Corner this week, which is that I had a chance to see Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage. Now, we only have time right now during the main episode to offer kind of a few overall thoughts on Venom Let There Be Carnage. We will do a is, full is that spoiler. A movie? Does that count? That's a big so. budget superhero movie. Pretty big money. Pretty big budget. Yeah. I think like the key of B is uh, it's a little C. It's a little cheap sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair enough. Um, um, maybe I'm stretching the terminology. <laughs> Uh, of B movie and and on the debut of the B movie corner music, too. Yeah. What, a, what an ignominious start, unfortunately. Indeed, but uh, yeah. So we'll offer a few thoughts now, and then we're actually going to discuss this more in depth with spoilers on the after dark. But I will say overall, here's what I like about Venom: Let There Be Carnage. Number one, you get Tom Hardy giving another Gonzo performance again. And honestly, I wish there was more of it. I wish there was more of Tom Hardy getting in the lobster tank and doing all that stuff. Like there is moments of that here that are really, really fun. And I really like that about it. Uh, Number two, this movie is 90 minutes long. It is in and out. And you're just like, I'm done. You know, I don't need (laughs) to do anything else. Uh, And I appreciate that. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of problems with that. But, uh, you know, in a world where, you know, 50% 50% of the movies we review on the film cast these days seem to be two and a half hours long. It's it the new normal. It's mercifully weird. Mercifully short. Mercifully yeah. short. Uh, okay. That's basically all the good stuff I can say about Venom Let There Be Carnage. I didn't have a terrible time, but it is not what I would describe in any way as good. Uh, Jeff Kanata, you also had a chance to see Venom Let There Be Carnage. Non-spoilery thoughts from you about it. Well, I couldn't let you see it without seeing it myself. Mm-hmm. So I rushed out and uh, wasted two hours of my life. Mm-hmm. 90 minutes, but yes. Well, round trip. Yes. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to round up to two hours. Yeah. Also, trailer time, you know. Yeah, trailer oh, yeah, time. 20 minutes of trailers because I saw it in an AMC. Thanks, uh, yep. Stubbs yep. A-list. Yep. Um, yeah. 
You are much more charitable than I. I, I do <laughs> like the fact that it was in and out. And in fact, this movie does the thing that I guess superhero movies can do now where it pays zero lip service. There's not a single second this movie explains anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are like, you are required to know everything about the backstory of Venom. If you don't, I'm sorry, <laughs> this movie's not going to do anything to tell you about it. it yep. <laughs> all of the bizarre nature of how Venom works, it, you should have watched a previous movie if you wanted to know any of that. Um, <laughs> so I kind of respect that about this movie. Yes. Like, it doesn't even really even set up carnage. It just, like... Yeah. You there know, is it, not one ounce of fat on this movie, and that is actually yes. to its detriment. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you get to see uh, Woody Harrelson doing uh natural born killers again which is fun mm, yeah um but other than that the movie is absolute absolute garbage i mean it is <laughs> I, you even said oh you get to see tom hardy giving a gonzo performance again I, I that wasn't even fun there's not enough uh, there's not enough of that to be i wish there was more of that like if there had been more of that it would have been amazing there's barely any of that yeah it's, it, yeah it's and all of the venom stuff is terrible he's it's very te- he's very annoying in it's the movie. terrible yeah. it's i mean the reason that this could be considered a b movie is because it it shares more in common with a low budget 80s schlocky horror movie than it does with any you know um superhero film it, it is it is the like the point at bad 80s slasher films where the slasher is more interesting than any of the other mm-hmm. characters and the movie just goes okay well let's let's put the slasher in a costume party and everyone doesn't know that it's actually a slasher that'll be fun mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. a bad movie very very yeah. bad movie i gotcha i gotcha well those are some thoughts on Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, we have a little bit more to discuss in the, spo- in the spoiler in the after dark. Again, patreon.com slash film podcast. Uh, not a good movie. It is also, by the way, an international success. Uh, so Andy Serkis directed it. Movie, movie's doing really, really well. Andy Serkis, yeah, exactly. He, he so needs a like, box Venom, office win carnage. so he can do his own thing. Like there's that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys yeah. are excited about some surprises from this movie, right? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it later. But yes, uh, th- those are our overall thoughts on Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and that is Dave's B-Movie Corner for this week. Hey, I got to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? Well, HelloFresh is fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes that are delivered right to your doorstep. You skip trips to the grocery store, and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why it is America's number one meal kit. I'm telling you, the holidays can be hectic, but HelloFresh helps keep things simple with recipes and ingredients that cut out grocery shopping and limit meal prep time so that you can spend more time this festive season with friends and family. I'm telling you, HelloFresh has been a huge benefit to my life. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week. And those include vegetarian, calorie smart, gourmet options. There is plenty of variety. That's one of the things I like most about HelloFresh is that 
We don't eat the same thing all the time. We have so many different things to choose from. And as fall transitions to winter, there's nothing better than cozying up with a comforting home-cooked meal. Recipes like chicken ramen and shoyu-style broth and turkey ragu gnocchi. They make it a no-brainer to skip on paying for takeout. And the joy that I have of cooking for my family, that I can provide my family with home-cooked meals that I made, that I makes me love cooking. And I know exactly what's in it because I put it there. And I don't spend all night long cooking. These recipes are fast. They're easy. And they're still delicious. They feel like restaurant quality. And I made them. You got to try this. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Filmcast14 and use code Filmcast14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T-1-4. And that promo code Filmcast14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Devinder Hardor, what have you been watching this week? I saw The Harder They Fall, which is apparently the number one movie on Netflix this weekend, directed by James uh, Ooh, Samuel. Nice. It is, um, this movie rules. Let me just say straight up, this is the single coolest movie I have seen this year. Um, it is like, I loved watching this movie so much that it'll likely end up on my top 10. It is a Western, kind of an anachronistic Western because there's a lot of modern music in it. Um, but it's a Western focused on entirely black cowboys and black characters and a lot of people who actually existed like uh, Wild Bill Pickett and Cherokee Bill and um, who is it? Uh, Rufus Buck is the main villain played by Idris Elba. Uh, this movie is a straight up Western revenge story. It starts off with uh, Rufus, you know, Rufus Buck killing the father and uh, uh, mother of Nat Love who's played by Jonathan Majors when he's older in this film. But it it just really does a lot with that template of a Western revenge story. It is incredibly stylish. This is one of those movies that feels like um, every frame, every shot was thought about. It is meticulously crafted, but it's also cranked up to like B movie levels of like gonzoness. Like it is, it does what I think Tarantino was trying to go for with Django Unchained. To me, I think he this does it better, um, all without ever uttering the N word or anything like that. Like it is a very unique look at a Western, and I think it's kind of a cool thing to see. You know, we're hearing about historical figures now that basically one in four people who were basically cowboys were black, and Westerns as a genre have never really reflected that. Um, so to me, like it's really cool to see this as the focus. There is. It, it's a straight up revenge movie, but there is great action, great shootouts. Um, I think the script is really sharp, too. It's co-written by uh, James Samwell and Boaz Yakin. I believe the director of Remember the Titans. Remember right? the Titans. Remember yeah. the Titans. Um, Love that movie. There's, it is, this movie just rules. Like I, I'm just thinking of everything in it. Everybody... In this film has uh, tons of people you'd probably love to see. Uh, Regina King is Idris Elba's like right-hand uh, gunslinger woman. Uh, she's playing Trudy Smith. Lakeith Stanfield is Cherokee Bill. He's basically like a cool-ass sharpshooter. Um, this is a movie where like the good guys and the bad guys are filled with so many actors I love. 
I sometimes have a hard time, you know, knowing which side to kind of root for, except the bad guys are really bad. Like Idris Elba's team and everything. Like he has, I think, one of the best introduction sequences in a film I've seen recently, certainly in a Western. And it's just so cool. So badass. Ends up in a big shootout. Um, There's a lot of like pitter patter dialogue too that people would probably call Tarantino-esque. It's just really cool. Um, But at the end of the day, he is still like a ruthless killer and does a lot of bad things in this movie too, to remind you of that. I just think it strikes a really good balance. Um, There's some great shootouts, great action, Um, better action than like, um, honestly, I I saw this movie the day after I saw Eternals and this movie does like big, large scale action on like, I think like a shoestring Netflix budget, to be honest, Um, better than that film. Like just the choreography, the way things are shot. um, There's some, like just good stuff all around. Also just want to throw a shout out to the music. Cause there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like modern music in here. James Samuel, I believe is a, uh, he's a musician in the UK. Um, yeah, he's known as the bullets, I believe. And he is coming from the background of music here and the soundtrack. He composed the soundtrack for this. There's also a lot of music here from, you know, a lot of well-known artists like Fela Kuti, a lot of like reggae and uh, was it um, a lot of like Caribbean sounds, which is just really interesting. So I think at the end of the day, this movie just looks and sounds unlike any other Western I've heard. I believe James Samuel is um, he is both his family is both African and West Indian. So you get that kind of like reggae vibe to it. And it is just, it is just wild. It's just great to see a movie like this out here. There's a character named Cuffy. One of the characters, one of the good guys is named Cuffy, who is, I think only people in the Caribbean even know that name because he was a, he was a slave who led a very infamous slave riot um, or slave like uprising in Guyana, the country I was born and actually in the county I was born in Burbese. So this movie is just doing all sorts of cool things like that. It is using these characters' names. It's not like it's not trying to be a biography. I think a lot of things about these characters aren't even like um, aren't realistic. A lot of these people have died by the time this movie you know ages up the characters. So it's not historically accurate. It's not historically accurate. It's kind of doing like Western fan fiction, but that is that's a lot of Western stories. That's a lot of those like um, you know the cheap paperback novels people used to read and write and. Um, a lot of like old Western films too, especially spaghetti Westerns. It just has that vibe. So I think it's really cool. I think it's incredibly like just a fun, fun time. So check it out. If you like good action, if you like Westerns, if you want to see kind of like a different take on a Western, I think James Samuel has a long career ahead of him. I hope he keeps doing movies because this movie just looks incredible too. Um, just It's good to see. I loved it. That's I definitely harder... want to check this out. Yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out. That's the harder they fall, and it's streaming right now on Netflix. That's what Devinger's been watching this week. Jeff Kanata, you know, I saw on my Apple TV Plus a movie called Finch starring Tom Hanks. I'm like, <laughs> this is yeah. the ultimate dad movie. Yeah. Uh, and and therefore, uh, probably something that Jeff Kanata might enjoy. And I see, to my pleasant surprise, that you've watched it this week. I did. I did. I watched all of Finch for some reason. When I, and by the way, I don't remember where we landed. I think we had agreed that saying it's a dad movie is slightly derogatory. Do you mind if I use that term, or is it? Do you find it inaccurate or reductive? 
I mean, I think this movie is actually about being a dad. He, so. he is America's dad. Like, I also feel like almost every Tom Hanks movie ends up being a dad movie. Because I think there's a, w- a way yeah. to use that as a derogatory term in that it sure, is uh, unhip sure. and uncool and uh, dads are the uncoolest of the uncool. This is a dad movie because it is literally a metaphor for being a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I would describe Finch. I don't know if you guys know what this is about, but it is, you know, post-apocalyptic guy uh, (laughs) with a robot and a dog. And I would describe this movie as what if Turner and Hooch and Chappie had a baby? Now I'm talking, now I'm listening. You would get Finch. Uh, It is, I mean, it is almost exactly that. So if (laughs) if that sounds good to you, watch Finch. I think think Finch is really beautifully shot. Uh, I think it, 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 you know, Tom Hanks is a very watchable and charismatic actor that I enjoy. Uh, and his talents are almost entirely wasted here. Um, I don't know why he decided to do this project. Yeah. I think what you're saying, Jeff, is this is no Greyhound, right? It is no Greyhound. Yeah. It is no great. I liked Greyhound. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I think this movie is 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 really not very good. Um, it, it is about a guy who... Uh, is in the post-apocalypse, living by himself with a dog, and he builds a robot that has AI and then travels across the country with it. Um, and it is, yeah. you know, the 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 AI robot is a stand-in for a child, and he has to teach it things, and it's, it's, it's about being a, a parent. Um, and you'd think that that would work for me, except this movie is not very good. It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't bring anything particularly interesting to the table. I think you could probably predict where it goes from the first five minutes. Again, the technology on display or the way it depicts technology uh, in a sort of near future post-apocalypse is interesting. Um, you know, I think that the uh, the visual effects for the robot are, are well done. It is very much on the chappy scale of robots. I mean, there's a lot of like broad goofy i mean the movie's goofy so you're saying it's good it's good okay. <laughs> uh it, it, there's a lot of broad humor it is it is it is really kind of silly i mean mm-hmm. i think you know a robot and a dog traveling across the country with a guy with, with with tom hanks like this may be the voice of the robot is voiced by caleb landry jones apparently and uh, i'm just thinking this may be his least creepy role well, it's ever. A, it's a it's a weird i mean i don't want to spoil anything for anybody uh-huh. so skip ahead if you're excited about Finch, but I will say and this is not a super spoiler, but in respect, I will say uh, the voice evolves of the mm-hmm. ro- the vo- robot sort of ages throughout the film. It, it becomes more sophisticated, but it starts off like Yakov Smirnoff. It's I Caleb am Lin- robot. <laughs> I I do things. Borat. That's maybe it's Borat. Yeah, it's it's maybe Borat. It's uh. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, it is. <laughs> that's how, that's how AI works, though, Jeff. In yeah. reality, right? right? You know, you're right. I, I yeah. should know that. I should yeah. know that. You should. Know you that. you know, even after you're saying all this, Jeff, I will still probably end up watching it just because this. Yeah. Uh, the, these ingredients are like a good sit for me. Also directed by Miguel Sapochnik. Who, yes. Uh, you know, it has done some great stuff in Game of Thrones. Uh, he did beautifully directed. It's uh, beautiful Repo movie. Men. You know, with yeah. the movie I remember. I think you and I really like Dave. Um, I certainly appreciate that thing. That movie's like 10 years old at this point. So 
Yeah. I want him to do more stuff. So yeah, uh, executive produced by Robert Zemeckis. This movie. Uh, basically, when I see anything on Apple TV Plus, I'm guaranteed it's going to at least look good. Yeah, you know sure. what I'm saying. Yeah, there's money and on the so, screen. Yeah, and so this it definitely looks good. It sounds like. Yeah. But you're you're saying from a story perspective, you didn't find the sci-fi elements to be particularly interesting or insightful. Um, I mean, I think the sci-fi elements are interesting. I think that you know the the depiction of the world and the sort of what happened to Earth and and how people are dealing with it, all that stuff is. I mean, you talk about a movie that's a two-hander. Sometimes this is a one-hander. I mean, this mm-hmm. is Tom Hanks talking with mm-hmm. inanimate objects. So it's just Castaway. It's Castaway. It's Castaway. Cast, yeah. yeah. Or um, uh, what's the what's the um, Robert Redford one? I love the the boat movie oh, yeah all yeah. something all is lost all is, all lost. is lost yeah, yeah. It's so good yeah. that's a great movie um so you know all the elements were there for me to love this i if if we weren't doing the show today and i wanted to you know i was like I, this is the movie i decided i'm going to talk about i would have shut it off i would have turned it off uh, i would not have finished <laughs> <Wow>. it um, <laughs> well i appreciate so. you sticking through it would you yeah let me ask you this though would you describe this movie as an action-packed vision of the future which is, by no. the way, the pull quote from Devinder Hardara that is on the Blu-ray of Chappie. Yeah. <laughs> this is no. absolutely accurate. Yeah, no, no. No, no you would not, not describe not it. Only as, on the Australian Blu-ray of Chappie. As an action-packed vision of the future. You would not describe it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's too bad. I Chappie's also, good. I Chappie's also alive. Would, I also yeah. would not have described Chappie that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Finch. It's available on Apple TV Plus, and yeah, Devinder and I will probably end up watching it. Um, maybe, maybe while I'm doing my workout this Just morning. Because. We'll Good luck. There, there, is this virus stuff, Jeff, or is this other post-apocalypse? <laughs> is other. it virus? Is it zombie? Is it vampire? Is it um, uh, EMP? Like magnetic <laughs> pulse? Uh, actually, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It, it's or is, or is it a spoiler it's, to reveal what it is? It's not really a spoiler. I mean, yeah. some might yeah. consider it. It's 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 climate change. It's it's climate change. I see. Oh, I see. Of course. Okay. Of course. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Anyway, it's, it's funny we can just run down the list of uh, yeah. Yeah, possible yeah, yeah. calamities that might befall humanity now. Uh, Jeff, anything else you've been watching other than Finch on Apple TV Plus? Well, I just want to quickly mention uh, a show I had not heard of. I found this on hashtag slash tag, which is uh, a resource I use quite frequently to figure out what I'm going to watch next and really appreciate folks uh, pointing me to things I had not heard of that that they really liked. Um, I, I should have looked up the... Uh, the tweeter, you know who you are, tweeter. Uh, there was a very <laughs> vociferous and spirited tweet in favor of this show. Have either of you guys heard of the show Wayne? I have heard of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it. It, I believe it's streaming on Prime Video, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the according to the tweeter, uh, it is leaving Prime Video, and I had only five days left to watch it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Uh, motivated me. I was like, oh, this tweeter said uh, it was uh, one of the best things they had watched of the decade. Wow, so I, was, I was impressed. I was I, I jumped right in. <laughs> uh, I suspect if either of you watched Wayne, I've only watched the first mm-hmm. episode. Uh, if either of you watch it, I suspect you would both like it more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not compelled to continue it. My wife actually was more interested in watching more of it than I was. I was like, eh, let's watch something else. Um, I think it is it is interesting. It is just so very much not my vibe. Um, mm-hmm. It is very cynical and disaffected. Uh, it, it's a it's a show about a kid who a very disaffected kid who, uh, um, how to describe it? Uh, kind of deals with everything with violence, and uh, but you know that's uh, in this world is cool, and he sets off on this trek to recover something that his father wanted him to have. Um, 
And uh, so it, it becomes sort of this road movie or, you know, TV show. It's a TV show. Uh, the the first episode sets it all up, and uh, in, it, I think it's all style. It's a very stylistic show. I think honestly, either of you probably would like it. Um, but I mm-hmm. I found it to be so bleak, and um, this sort of mess. Every single character is awful. Like it's a world filled with awful people. Uh, desperate people um and you know awful for some you know reasonable um causes but it's just it's just so so bleak and um i found myself kind of just depressed watching it and so i uh i did not continue but i appreciate the recommendation and i honestly think that you guys might like it more than i all right well that's wayne and I don't know where you can stream it anymore. So this thing that you probably <laughs> didn't know existed until now, you probably can't watch it easily. Welcome uh, to and Jeff thinks you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> we're, we try to help the people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're trying to yeah. be helpful here. This folks. thing you can't find and probably didn't know to look for. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from Don't it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is like a Twitter controversy. This person you've never heard of did something stupid. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I think it's actually kind of well-made. I, I don't, I'm not dissing on it. I just think it's so not for me. It's just so not for me. Um, it's just like, a, a, you know, about a world uh, that is the, not the world that I like to <laughs> visit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's just not my jam. That's all, all. right. Uh, let's move on. That's what we'll be watching. Let's get to some weekly plugs. Weekly plugs are part of the show each week where we plug something we've uh, had a hand in creating or someone else has created. This week, I want to plug a, a video review I did of uh, Eternals. I keep calling it The Eternals because um, mm-hmm. you refer to them as The Eternals, but it's the movie's just Eternals. And I've learned a couple of interesting things about humanity doing this video review about Eternals. <laughs> One is... We should not I, have given them that technology. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, and Jeff, you, you, you know, all three of us, you know, in some, in some ways, in different ways, work in the media, and I feel mm-hmm. like the level of fan entitlement <laughs> about what they want, to, what people want to get from their, uh, the the stuff they consume is at like an all time high. All time high like. for sure. Absolutely. Like in in a way that is actually like kind of frightening to me. You know, like yeah. Well, it's weird. Like, it's weird yeah. when you you know all of us have been doing this for over a decade. Yeah. And it's wild to me the difference between when we started talking about this stuff and now. Yeah, because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. A, a normal healthy way of viewing something like this is. Uh, oh, hey, somebody made a cool thing. I'm going to check it out. Oh, I didn't think it was cool. Oh, well, time to move on with my life like a normal yeah. human. You know, yeah. like that's like that's what a well-adjusted thing is. But I, I think there is this kind of expectation from fans of properties out there that like this will be the work that I want it to be. Right. This yeah. will fulfill the need that I want it to fulfill. This is kind of one of the overarching trends I've seen in the comments for this review. I, I, I remember um, um, hearing a bit of uh, advice when I was young uh, from someone that I don't even know if it still applies, but I, I've, I've thought about it a lot over my life. And that is um, someone said, if you don't like something, mm-hmm. chances are 
It wasn't made for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's one that's one thing that struck me uh, as I was like looking over the comments of this review. The other thing is, and I'm I'm kind of curious like what you guys take on this, okay? Because like mm-hmm. I, I I understand how people feel about this, but I'm just gonna say so I, I'm gonna share a couple of thoughts on this. Actually, uh, yeah, I'll share a couple of thoughts, which is like. So I had a thumbnail on the YouTube video that's like, don't believe the hate, right? Like, Eternals is great is the title of the video. And then on the thumbnail is don't believe the hate. And uh, the the video review is like a 10-minute video review where I'm like kind of reflecting on like what I liked about the movie, what I didn't like about the movie. And then I kind of end the movie, end the video review, like, don't believe the hate. And... I got a lot of pushback on that in the comments of people being like, hate, it's just critics not liking the movie. It's not hate. Now, I know, gentlemen, talking to you, that it's not hate. But like, I also know that if I put a thumbnail that says, don't believe the hate, it will get literally 4x the views. Sure, sure. Than, than if I didn't. The put more divisive, or like the more like specific your your like thumbnail is the better it is right or, or like the more statement. like it's like yeah. amping up kind of the thing and yeah. so i got a lot of pushback being like what a childish way of looking at the world like that the critics are hate and i'm like if you've watched the review it is not it is a very kind of measured even-handed take on the movie mm-hmm. but i feel like i need to like rope people in using this like <laughs> this thumbnail yeah because yeah. if if people don't click on the video there's no conversation that happens at all right um anyway I'm a little. It's just something I'm thinking about. I'm reflecting on it. I don't know if you guys have a perspective on it, but I'm kind of I mean, like it's. It's whenever you try to have one of these conversations too. Like we're working within the confines, the confines yes. of these algorithms and Correct. stuff people actually click on. And this is a lot of what Facebook is dealing with. Kind of comes down to this too, because their algorithms have ended up promoting you know negative things and hateful things and things that are a little more like this. But they keep it around because people interact with it more. Part of it's like our human psychology. Part of it is just like the way these algorithms algorithms lift things up. I, I don't know. I don't know what a great solution is here. Yeah, because yeah. it's like okay, if I can like exaggerate my point slightly and then like right. literally get four x the views and revenue for this video, like is that? It, well, it's not like I'm saying don't believe the hate and the video is completely in the opposite direction or anything. You I know, think, it's like mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Dave, you wanted some extra juice, so you put your finger in the light socket, right? That's and then right. you're like, why did I get shocked? Why did I get shocked? I got, it's like, yeah. It's well, true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, on uh, on the one hand, I did ask for all this, right? So um, you're getting but, engagement, baby. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just feel like, let me put it this way. Um, I was, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Linus Tech Tips, mm-hmm. right? And this is a massively popular YouTuber. And he, all of his thumbnails is basically some guy's face making some expression and pointing. Whoa. At right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what? You know, like that's, and people are like, dude, I love your videos because the videos are very thoughtful, but the re- the thumbnails are like insultingly terrible, right? And he actually made a review. He made a video addressing this. He's like, I'm just, I'm literally just doing what is necessary to get people to click on the video because if people don't click on the video, like there's no conversation that occurs after that. Mm-hmm. Like there, it doesn't matter how good the video is if no one is actually watching it, right? Um, so I didn't know if basically saying like "don't believe the hate" like falls. I, I believe it's completely defensible to put a dumb face on a thumbnail, right? Like, <laughs> but then then it's like it, it is uh, you uh, looking dumb by doing that. So right, you at know, what point yeah. does it become exactly? That's, that's exactly at what yeah, point does it become like what, you become what you hate? You, know what you become mm-hmm. what you hate, right? You mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. well, I have to do the thing. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of awful shit that's been justified there. Right. Exactly. So it's it's like at what point does it become like too terrible that I shouldn't actually do the thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, open question. Don't expect us to resolve it now, but I thought it'd be interesting to bring up. So uh that's my YouTube review of Eternals on YouTube. <laughs> uh Devinder Hardware, what's your weekly plug? Uh quickly, it's gonna be much faster than that. Uh, Sorry. I talked with <laughs> I talked with two of the sound designers behind Dude. So if you want to know nice. how Amazing. they made some of the sounds, um, check out. I did, did an interview. It's over at Engadget. It's called How Beatles, Purrs, and Inventive Sound Design Brought Dune to Life. Uh, there, It was a cool conversation with these guys um, because it, it was really, and it's Theo Green and Mark Mangini. They were going with this philosophy of using organic sound. So most, like they said, they recorded 3,200 3, new sounds for this movie. Only wow. three or four of them were synthetic or digitally, like came mm. from a digital source. The rest so, were sand. The rest were sand and bugs. Uh, part of the uh, the giant sandworm trying to eat people is one of these guys basically like swallowing a microphone <laughs> and recording like, aww. Um, amazing. Like these, saw, these guys go the extra mile, you know? Yeah. I saw a TikTok yesterday about this woman that says, I am in the, this woman was like, I am in the credits of Dune under Hans Zimmer's name. Basically, she had recorded the audio of the little like, the opening, the big little mouse uh, with the big ears. Oh, right. And and she it, she had actually captured that audio in the wild. It was a it was of a chipmunk. Yep, chipmunk. Yep. So she had got the chipmunk, and then they had transposed and changed that audio to be like kind of that that little mouse, that yeah. desert mouse with the big ears in the movie. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's an actual name for that thing, I, and I'm butchering it. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's cool. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, oh wow, they they actually you know obviously went out and either licensed or actually went out and recorded a bunch of net new sounds for this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, I think this partially is why the movie, the realism of the movie kind of hit me too. And I wonder if it's a subconscious thing, right? If it's real things you're hearing played back to you and distorted in certain ways, like does that sell the reality of the special effects you're seeing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the giant ornithopters are a combination of like a tent strap flapping in the wind, a, the wings of a large beetle, a cat purring, um, wow. they turned sounds of a beehive and modulated them so they sound like uh, you're revving up a car engine, and that's the sound. That's how the ornithopter engines sound. It's just a lot of li- lot of little things like that. So it's pretty cool. Check out this interview. It reminds me of a. Uh, have you heard of the podcast Twenty Thousand Hertz? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, great, great. Po- it basically shows like how sounds were invented. One of my favorite ones is like the Netflix opening sound, like the mm-hmm. sound is actually the sound of a person hitting his ring on a table. Uh, and they kind of like expanded it out to like what <laughs> it is. when you, you really just really, yeah, the, yeah, grasping at straws. You need something right away. You're trying uh, to by the reach, way, reach for your remote control to stop the autoplay. That's what that is. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, linked, I have linked a video in this. Uh, there's a Dolby video from the Dolby Sound and Image Lab that goes like in-depth into the sound too. And this is like an hour long documentary about oh, the sound wow. design of Dune. So go check that out too. Nice. All right. We'll check that out at Engadget, uh, Davinder's interview with the Dune sound designers. Jeff, your weekly plug. Davinder said he was going to be way shorter than that, but he was not. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy for the weekly plugs to take a while if we're talking about interesting stuff. So yeah. Jeff, what's, what's well, your weekly plug, Jeff? First, I want to say that <laughs> I looked up the tweeter, the aforementioned tweeter. It's Ted oh, nice. Douglas. Ted Douglas. Uh, Ted Douglas. There Thank you, go. you, Ted. Thank you, Ted, on, t- on Twitter for using hashtag slash tag 
and uh, saying that 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 Wayne was in his top ten of the past decade. You just made Ted's day because I guarantee you he got really bummed when you were like, "I don't remember well, who it was." Well, I've, I never yeah. intend to really bum anybody, and I should always mm-hmm. look up the tweeters. I just didn't know I was going to bring it up, and then I did. And <laughs> so, thank you, Ted, and thank you everybody for using hashtag slash tag. All right, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, weekly plug is a another show that I do, a science comedy show that I do uh, with Anthony Carboni. It's called We Have Concerns. Uh, there was a recent episode that I think was uh, was pretty darn good. One of, the, one of the better ones we've done. We've done over 650 episodes. So mm. there's a lot. Uh, over so the... you just, you have recently surpassed the number of slash, or Filmcast episodes, basically. We are now yeah. at six, this is episode 643 of the Filmcast we're recording right now. Wow. Oh, the well, we're, the episode that I'm about to reference is episode 676. Holy of, crap. Of we have concerns. You, but, just, you just had to get one over on us, Jeff. Yeah. You just I mean, to... it's also a far superior show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'm Jeff. just kidding. No, okay. but we, we cheated because for a, while, for a long time we did three episodes a week. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we are doing one a week now. And the episode uh, we recently did called Corpse Medicine and Tetris Effects, uh, I think is a great one. They're all great. But this one uh, particularly tickled me. Uh, this is a show where you can learn some interesting stuff and laugh along the way. Uh, this episode is about um, the long history of imbibing uh, other human beings as medicine that we, <laughs> Western civilization, partook in for a long, long time, like ups- like disturbingly long. Like yeah. drinking Ever- their blood or what? D- yeah. Drinking, in particular, this is like drinking human skulls. Like mm. uh, powdered mm. human skulls. Mm. Uh, there was a, oh, there's wow. a, it's a, it's a really shocking tale uh, that we did for up until basically the seventh, like late 1700s, the 18th century. It's <laughs> it's really really creepy. Anyway, that uh, story along with another story about how um, Tetris playing Tetris has now had uh, scientifically proven to have um, really positive effects on uh, depression. Uh, so uh, check that story out over at wehaveconcerns.com. Excellent. Um, uh, check out Jeff's weekly plug. By the way, the one thing that your weekly plug reminded me of is uh, the new Dune movie. There are these things in the movie called still suits, right? Mm-hmm. The idea is that you're out in the desert. It's so hot. Yeah, you got to You're recycling your all your, your, your liquids. I, I watched the first part of the David Lynch Dune movie recently, and this, the explanation of the still suits is very similar, but they removed one important line <laughs> from that explanation. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Urine. Your feces and urine are recycled in the thigh pads of the still suits. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. took that out for the uh, wonder why for the new Dune movie, and then later on. Uh, when, uh, you know, uh, Paul is talking about like how, uh, Hey, you, you know, you, like, uh, you're, you're drinking recycled, uh, s- sweat and tears. You know, he, he, he doesn't make mention of the other stuff. Um, the verge actually wrote an entire article about this and they called it pee pee poo poo erasure. <laughs> pee pee poo poo erasure. <laughs> which, which is my uh, favorite erasure album. <laughs> it, it's baffling that Dune is ashamed of the fact that still suits theoretically recycle Water yeah, from feces and urine. It's, it's a, a triumph. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a miracle. It's and a they're triumph of engineering. Under a yeah. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. I, the, <laughs> the one thing I have learned now from two Dune movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is there is no way to make a tube in your nose look cool. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It will never, ever look cool. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter cool. how beautiful the actor is. It doesn't matter how stylish yeah. the design is. It will never look cool to have a tube in your nose. As the only somebody thing that looks uses, cool. Mm-hmm. As somebody who uses a CPAP machine every night, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. You know you'll never be cool. Unless it's a nose ring, it'll never be cool. Uh, even in this movie, it reminded me of that uh, that awful Kurt Wimmer movie, Ultraviolet. The, uh, the villain, for some reason use like war and nose plugs and it would yeah really sold the the evil for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right folks well those are our weekly plugs for this week this episode of the film cast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe every day Mubi premieres a new film every day from iconic directors to emerging auteurs there is always something new to discover with Mubi, each and every film is hand selected It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. And just one example of the great kinds of things you can discover on Mubi is South Korean cinema. If you're like us on the film cast and you love directors like Bong Joon-ho and Hong Sang-soo, you've got to check out the South Korean cinema section on Mubi. It's brand new, curated, fantastic. And that's just one example of the kinds of interesting films you can find on Mubi. You can try Mubi free for 30 days at Mubi.com slash filmcast. That's M-U-B-I.com slash filmcast for a whole month of great cinema for free. Do you love Dune and other movies by Denis Villeneuve? Are you impressed at how well I pronounced that? Well, there's an entire section on Mubi for the early films of Denis Villeneuve. I'm telling you, they have the best taste in movies at Mubi. You got to check it out. And why not? You can try it free for 30 days at Mubi.com slash Filmcast. M-U-B-I.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T for 30 days of great cinema for free. Let's get to our review of Eternals. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, all the other terrible things throughout history. We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? That was from the trailer for Eternals, the newest MCU movie. I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb. Uh, Eternals tells the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations, end quote. Joining us for our review of Eternals today, she is a reviews editor for Flick Feast, as well as freelance film critic whose work has appeared at Movie Marker 
and the new scientist, amongst others. You can listen to her interview with writer-director Chloe Zhao at the Love of Cinema podcast by Picture House. Katie Smith-Wong, thanks for joining us today on the Filmcast. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. We're so glad that you can join us. We're actually recording the podcast uh, on a Sunday morning, which we usually don't do. We usually record Monday nights. And so this is an opportunity to get someone uh, from the UK to come join us today. And uh, we're really grateful that you made some time for us. No, you're welcome. So first of all, let me just ask you real quick, before we get to the review, you had a chance to chat with Chloe Zhao about uh, this movie, yes? And and how, how was that chat? It was it was good. Um, it was part of a junket, but uh, so it was, it was short and sweet. But uh, it was nice to finally have you know chat with someone who is quite a pr- prominent director, especially you know as she made history at the Oscars. And uh, we talked about you know the Eternals, uh, how her contributions towards uh, recognizing uh, filmmakers of color, representation. It was it was a it was a great chat. Glad to hear you can find that conversation at the Love of Cinema podcast. Uh, this conversation about Eternals that's happening in our pop culture right now should be about how a Best Picture winning director is directing a Marvel film. Absolutely. It, sh- it should yeah. be yeah. about how a woman of color is directing Marvel film. It is instead about how Eternals is the lowest rated movie ever on Rotten Tomatoes and one of the most oh. critically reviled, critiqued, whatever you want to call it, movies in the MCU ever. So my question for you, Katie Smith-Wong, let's start with this, is do you feel that reputation is deserved (laughs) or do you feel like people are giving this movie an unfairly harsh time? I I think it's the latter. There's a lot of anticipation about this movie ever since it was announced that that Chloe Zhao would be directing it. This was even before the Academy win, but it's like, when we when afterwards and as we near towards the release dates that it's as a new MCU film which are always going to be uh, under the radar for a lot of people, but then you have a director of color, a female director of color, and as well with Gemma Chan, a lead character of color, all within the MCU. Well, a female lead character, sorry, within the MCU. Everything they, it just hypes up the anticipation, but there's just. My initial thoughts is that it's very different to the other films in the MCU. It's, it's it, I would like to say, that, like to use a very English term, it's a Marmite thing. You either love it, you hate it. Oh, <laughs> love me some Marmite, yes. <laughs> I think the best that's the, that's how I would really describe it with my uh, uh, my friends. <laughs> that's <laughs> a pretty great pull quote. That's yeah, a pretty great pull quote. The Marmite <laughs> of movies. I like that. <laughs> Put it on the poster, Marvel. It's kind oh. of bitter and acidic, and it spreads well on toast, you know? But, but yes. you know, but people will either appreciate the different approach in terms of direction and narrative and how they go about, you know, using the characters and using the, the really great cast, but then they'll have those faithful MCU fans who'll say, who will think that this, this, this does not feel right, it's not to you know the traditional mm-hmm, MCU mm-hmm. formula and that's what and but then that kind of feed, feels like ammunition towards Zhao which is not fair right um because MCU movies are you know the directors definitely have influence on MCU films and they can guide the story but I, I feel like MCU movies are largely producer driven you know there's like a, a bigger plan at play um that said uh l- let's go to Devendra what did you think of Eternals, I'm very curious. Like, did you like uh-huh. this movie? Did you did you think it was a solid MCU movie? 
So I think the Marmite analogy actually works really well because <laughs> I love <laughs> Marmite. I love Marmite. I grew up eating it. Uh, my family is from a former British colony in South America. So it's like Marmite, we, we get the stuff. We get the products of colonialism. Um, I think this movie is a, uh, it's a huge mess. It is definitely way too long. But there are aspects of it I found really, really compelling. And um, like ultimately, like I come down on the side of this being a really interesting film and certainly one of the more unique MCU movies. Like there's just a lot going on here, even though like I, I think this movie has some criminal issues, including uh, some of the most boring action sequences in in the Marvel universe, I think, or at least that opening one was just so dull and slow. It almost felt like they were forced to put that in to like start the movie off with some sort of action. Um, it has the, it has the MCU's first sex scene. If you would call that a sex scene, (laughs) like it's, there's just a lot of stuff. And then we get to the point of like, okay, I want to see this movie highlight Kumail Nanjiani. I want to see this movie highlight like the first South Asian, you know, superhero uh, in, in a prominent film and certainly in a Marvel film. And uh, there's stuff we're going to talk about at the end, but you you get a glimpse of a Bollywood sequence in uh, in the trailer, and my God, just so boring. Just like did you did you have one hour to just look at uh, look at some choreography and kind of rehearse that? Like it, it, there there are so many aspects of what this movie does. It feel kind of a letdown and kind of confounding. It stars some of the most beautiful. Uh, film stars we have around right now and some of the biggest stars like Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek, they're barely in the movie. And I feel like a lot of that is on purpose. It almost feels like, you know, Kevin Feige collected this this huge team, this Avengers of stars to make this movie an ultimate success. And it is fascinating to see like who Chloe Zhao ends up focusing on, like the small, the people who aren't the big stars, including one of the youngest cast members. Um, there is a really interesting conflict of like her style and the MCU house style. I think uh, I found a lot of it beautiful, but there there were certain things. I think the first act of this movie really ha- felt rough to me. I I hated the uh, what are where are the bad guys the deviants, deviants? yeah deviants. I, I hated it. Like you you see <laughs> you see glimpses of them in the trailer. I'm like. Guys, we we've all played every single science fiction game. We've seen every single science fiction movie <laughs> where these weird tentacle like dog-like monsters appear. They're boring. I don't want to see cool people do shoot CG CG pew pews at these boring monsters. But it turns out the movie is not really about them. And I find that fascinating too like where it goes. Yeah. Uh this movie's we'll really about, about spoilers. Hash- yeah. We'll talk but, about yeah. that. This movie is about hashtag #family. And I appreciate a hashtag family exploration <laughs> uh, among immortal beings. And I found that all really, like, really interesting. I I, I, I almost feared I was doing the uh, the Jeff Kanata thing of seeing <laughs> a very long movie way too late at night. I saw this movie at like 930. Yeah, begin I was until like, 10. dude, seeing you watched a nine, you watched yeah. a two and a half hour long movie at 930. At the end PM. of a work week, that's like not, on yeah. a Friday that's not good. night. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> yeah. This is a week more of a weekender thing. This is a weekender <laughs> thing. But yeah, it was the end of the work week. It was a Friday night. I was exhausted. I just put the baby down. Like I it did a ton of things. Then went to the theater to see this movie. And I took some like uh, green tea with me, like just in case. I thought I'd be running to the bathroom. I thought I'd be really bored like during this because I just realized how long it was. And 
No, I just sat there. Like I sat there really compelled by the greater mythology and the character dynamics of what this movie explores. Despite all of its flaws, it like really hooked me. I was I sat there through the end of the credits too, which normally I try to do like a quick bathroom hop, like after the first <laughs> mid-credit sequence and run back in. No, mm. I, I didn't even need to do that. Like I, yeah. I just felt like I need to sit there and like experience all this. So wow. I, I come down pretty positive, but also, yeah, this movie is a mess. I'm not going to deny that. Interesting, it is confounding interesting, yeah. at times. I'm glad you liked it. And I, I would kind of agree with your, your, your comments on the first third, which I thought were probably the roughest. Oh man. Starting, starting with what in my estimation was a completely superfluous opening text crawl. Um, <laughs> this is one of the few Marvel films that has an uh-huh. opening text crawl. Like, added nothing in my opinion like there's there's no reason it needs to be they 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 then literally go on to explain everything that happens in the text crawl so right, i don't know right. what the point that feels like anyway it, 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 felt, yeah. it felt redundant yes mm-hmm. and it's not star wars you don't need it <laughs> <laughs> indeed all right uh i mean i understand maybe, maybe they like need it in star screenings. wars because the best stuff happens between the movies in the last <laughs> the, the, the last speak. trilogy the dead speak. The dead yes, speak. i don't know if you've the heard dead this, the dead but um i uh, uh you know maybe they did some test screenings and like people still don't know what the celestials are you know we need to like have some Expl- explanatory text about what the Celestials and the Eternals and what they're Give me, give me one screen, I mean, one screen of text. Potentially confusing. Yeah, potentially it's confusing. Celestials. Confusing. All that said, Jeff Kanata, let's hear your thoughts on Eternals. Well, Dave, <laughs> I guess you could say my thoughts on Eternals are best summed up in the form of a limerick. Hmm. You know, Katie Smith Wong, this is her first time here on the podcast. She might not be aware of why you're doing this right now. Oh my God, Katie, let me apologize to you because (laughs) I do do not want to do this. I do it under duress every single week. Dave Chen (laughs) requires (laughs) limericks. He has threatened me physically. (laughs) The fate of the universe and all of creation hangs on this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is so true. He he will rip me apart from the inside out. He said it as such. Wow. Unless, unless I give him the one thing that he desires, and that is a limerick every episode. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. The audience doesn't enjoy it. So I apologize to you, but this is required. No, go ahead. Okay, thank you. All right. Are you guys ready for this? Here we go. I'm ready. Uh-huh. I'm ready. From the moment that the ironclad Avenger debuted Dave had... Incredible luck. Marvel movies don't suck until now. Eternals is bad. Oh wow. my god! Wow. Amazing. What? I have this a second. Is, I am. Limerick. I am stunned. I have a second limit if go. you'd like. Yeah. I am. Yes. This is the first draft. Yeah, go this ahead. Is the first draft. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> Tell me more. Go ahead. I'm a Marvel zombie from way back, <laughs> but even I am forced to say that it should be no surprise after 25 tries. They were bound to eventually make crap. I, I need to like literally get up and like walk around yeah, and think seriously. about this for i I'm just there have okay, been uh, awful K- Marvel movies. Like uh, K- Katie Smith Long, Jeff Jeff Kanata has given a positive review to every single Marvel film, including <laughs> ones that I thought were insultingly terrible. Yeah. Even the, even Thor: The Dark World. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I understand those movies aren't aren't great, but yes. I. But he, he it's, liked it's them. More, you know, he enjoyed them, the, right? Yes. It's more yeah. the idea that, you know, with that one, there's always, there's been a very common consensus for, for audiences in the UK that, you, all right, there's there's stunning inaccuracies on the <laughs> London Tube network that just grates <laughs> all of the UK MCU fans. Yeah. It's not 
it's it's a very common problem, which is why it's always at the bottom of of most fans' list. Oh, There's it's the at the bottom of my list too. I'm not saying that accuracy. all the all uh-huh. the MCU movie <laughs> MCU movies are equally good, or 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 you know, I think there are. I mean, Iron Man two, Thor two, Hulk. Oh, dude, I don't even Hulk consider that one of yeah, those. Hulk is I, in there. It, it yeah. is in the mix, Jeffrey. It is uh, in the mix. Okay. Yes, these are these are not great movies. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> but, put I put the Eternals below all of them. Um, oh my god! Okay, wait, wow. wait, 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 so yeah. wait, I want to hear your thoughts for sure. That is my number one priority. But Katie Smith Wong, I just want to make sure. Uh, did, did you finish your thought about Thor too? I think you were saying like <laughs> that. Th- there's a reason people in the UK hate that movie. Yeah, that there's there's a scene where. Thor travels on the tube to get to Greenwich. <laughs> That's the wrong line. <laughs> yeah, this is me with every New York movie. Yeah, That's I get funny. it. And, and it's like, and we're just watching. I remember watching. It's like, how the hell does he get from there to there? It doesn't exist. The connection doesn't exist. I buy does not the. Take- I buy it the magical rainbow long. bridge in the clouds, but a tube going the wrong way is a bridge too far. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, inaccuracy number one, the London tube. Inaccuracy number two, its depiction of the ether. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Jeff, that, that's the kind yeah. of thing that p- most people tend to take away. If you're if you're a Londoner and you watch that film, that's what they're going to notice. I love it's like, it. It's like it's like the the Camden shot in Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll hear about that in a little bit, but Jeff Kanata, sure, yeah. I, I, must, I must understand right, what I is have, your opinion on Eternals. David, I have uh, wrestled with this. I have yeah. dreaded this moment. Yes. Um, <laughs> most notably because I listened to your lovely wife's very eloquent words about this movie, mm-hmm. and I was moved, and I felt bad. I felt guilty. I did a lot of self-reflection and and even the way you couched the initial thoughts from katie and, and katie you were very eloquent yourself in talking about this movie almost as a political work and <laughs> mm-hmm. to me this is very similar to a wrinkle in time mm. which is a movie i rooted for i was excited about i i i went into the theater with giddy anticipation and could not deny the fact that it was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you on that one for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you guys have already mentioned the first act of this movie is a disaster. Absolute disaster. A disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because movies, even bad <laughs> movies, the first <laughs> act is usually the easiest one to nail, right? Yes. The, the third the act. Yeah. The third act is the, it's hard to stick the landing, right? The third act is always the hardest thing to do right. And usually where the thing goes off the rails is in the end of the second act, beginning of the, you know, third act is like, oh, well, ugh. but the third act of this movie is actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that my favorite character disappears for no reason. Peace anyway, out. Yep. We'll get, we'll, yep. we will get to that. Uh, I'm a huge <laughs> Kamel Nanjiani fan. I, uh, I have been friendly with him. I used to live across the street from Meltdown when he ran that oh, nice, club. Nice. Uh, oh, wow. Kind of friendly, with, kind of friendly with Kamel. Uh, very friendly with his wife, who's been on my podcast. Um, rooting for him, love him. Can't believe how jacked he <laughs> Listen, got for this we movie. Followed, we followed his oh, fitness God. routine. We followed Dude. how jacked he got for jacked. years for this movie. <laughs> Ridiculously jacked. He did that thing that I always <laughs> dreamed about. You know, when I, when I was like, man, if I if I was a successful actor yes, and I got yes. into a, a you know a superhero movie, I would just like you use do it. it as an opportunity to just like 
get jacked on their dime. You free know, training, like, free training. Yeah, this is work, he, baby. He yeah. did not need to get that ripped for this movie, but he <laughs> did it anyway. And kudos to Kumail. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Um, he is to me by far the most fun part of this movie, uh, but also squandered. I think almost entirely. I, I mean, we got to talk about it in in spoilers, but it it is. I think ultimately to me. Again, I love the fact that this is a multicultural cast, that it kind of says things about the planet Earth and and everything. But it is such a disjointed mess. And I never use this term, but I will agree with you, Devendra. Boring, overlong, (laughs) bloated, and weird in spots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost nonsensical. The third act is actually kind of fun and cool and brings up really cool concepts, but it takes so long to get there. And by that point, we have like, we spent so much time doing stuff that matters zero to anything. And ultimately, I hate to say this, guys. Most of these characters are completely unlikable. I think they're, they're not great. That's a they, harsh thing yeah. to say. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yes. Uh, that's very harsh. What you yeah, said. It, yes. it, it, it is harsh. And again, Dave, I listened to your wonderful wife talk about how she related to characters for the first time in the MCU. And, and I, I think that's beautiful and I appreciate it and I'm, and I applaud it and I'm happy about that. I, I, don't understand. I mean, other than representation, which I think is a very important thing, like the characters themselves, I think are very thin and very uninteresting. <laughs> and there's weird, in, like the concept of an immortal being that is around forever. Mm-hmm. And then like gets a boyfriend for like, sure, sure, it's, just a weird, it's just a weird, <laughs> it's just all of it. Never, never, none of it makes any sense. It feels like weirdly pedestrian in the, in the context of this, like, big grand cosmic tale it is so clunky and told so i mean it is straight up boring and i was cringing at parts of of just how wooden and you know again not, not all mo- the actors are on the same level i'd say and yeah. some of them Maybe have a lot imba- of heavy lifting to do yeah. as there's far a, as like an imbalance on how they're used Yes, and mm-hmm. I think the plot doesn't really help with that because it meant that certain characters were overshadowed by everyone else. And I just considering how big this ensemble cast is, I thought that was a bit unfair, especially as you're the fir- most of them is the first time in the MCU, and some yeah. and yeah. also they have varying degrees of of recognition outside of in the other in the other projects. So I think if if you're going to make an impact in in mainstream cinema especially an MCU film, then you need to have a chance to shine. But this film, in certain aspects, fails on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could cut 40 minutes out of this movie and not lose anything. I think you could cut yeah. a bunch of the characters, too, and not, not yeah. really lose much. Like, there, there is so much going on here that I really enjoy, but it also, like, speaks to, I don't know, the sort of, like, cultural... Uh, what's the word? Like, the cultural, like... Uh, everything feels kind of the same, too. Like, this movie has... Two characters, two actors from Game of Thrones, Rob Stark and Jon Snow, and they're spending the entire time talking about a character named Cersei. 
Yeah. Dude, it's almost <laughs> nobody, in our culture. Like, we, we got nothing else. We're just yeah, nobody, using the same uh, things over and over again. Nobody <laughs> took a pause and went, like, that, yeah. that alone is going to kind of pull people out of this. <laughs> can we, can that, we just cast somebody only else? Only Game yeah. of Thrones fans. Only Game yeah. of Thrones fans. You mean you know, many, many people? Yeah, the I mean, entire like planet. Millions, yeah. probably uh, not, a 98% I, I overlap have, of who I watches more. Uh, I'm not yeah. a big Game of Thrones Thrones fan, so it's like, uh, like the reference just went over my head. So I, I mean, it's right. it's just one of those obvious things. It's sort of like the main two of the main characters, and then a very prominent name from Game of Thrones. It's one yeah. of those things that made me think. Like sometimes we joke that there are only like ten actors, you know, ten UK actors who kind of show up in everything, <laughs> and this kind of gave me that vibe. Like you, you couldn't get anybody else, and I realize that uh, Kate Harrington's going to be another character, and we'll talk about that because of course no, nobody can show up and just exist. Well, he's in too, MCU he's too yeah. big a name to just be boyfriend yeah. number yeah. one. But boyfriend number one. Yeah. The uh, you know, and, and none of the places felt like real places. None of the things that they do feel like. <laughs> well, this was actually that... shot in real places, though. I know. Like, it's... No, it, don't you diss Camden? <laughs> don't diss Camden. <laughs> it's, it's a tragedy in London. Thank you very much. <laughs> I I apologize. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and I like Chloe Zhao. I mean, I was root. I was rooting for this movie. I was excited about the cast mm-hmm. of this movie. I was excited about the concept of this movie. I, I mean, this movie is two hours and 37 minutes so long. long. It's so long. That is yeah. insane. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry. I know, Dave. I, I feel really bad. <laughs> you should. It's okay. You should. It's okay. <laughs> Please spend it, this entire review feeling bad. If yeah. you feel strongly about it, best get it off your chest otherwise Focus. you're going to ex- implode yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will say something that really gave me hope while watching this movie is that when i uh this was like one of the first crowded screenings i've been to which uh kind of gave me a, a bit of anxiety so i was just trying to be real careful but i was you know there were some bros near me and bros with like the heavily cologne bros you know uh-huh. and they were just really into it like they got up by the end <laughs> was like dude i like that i'm like you know what yes this is progress for the mcu like let let's let the bros have some weird cinema in their lives this movie gave me a lot of like uh you know david lynch dune vibes in terms of just how weird it is at times um and also like how bad certain aspects of that movie are i feel like this movie will kind of like exist in a more um cult status in the mcu compared to a lot of the other ones which i just feel are bad like bad throwaway films um this movie makes a lot of mistakes and i'll be the first to talk about them here but i I think the broader things it it does that are interesting i don't know i found that kind of cool but we'll we'll we have a lot of stuff to talk about all right i'll share a few thoughts and let's get the spoilers uh i let me share with you my experience watching this movie Uh, going into the theater I've already been reading like some very negative buzz. I think at that point, the Rotten Tomatoes was still in the 70%. Like it was because uh-huh. it, it has basically gone like steadily downward as time has gone on. So, so the, the tomato meter score was like in the 70s still at that point, I think. And, uh, and you know, I am um, a person that has made YouTube recap shows about one division Falcon and winter. No, not one division Falcon and winter soldier um, Loki and what if. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, one division, pretty good, but the finale was disastrous. Falcon and Winter Soldier, a colossal waste of the time of everyone involved. Loki, uh, decent, interesting ideas, but basically ends up being a huge commercial for what's coming next in the MCU. People in the comments on my YouTube section have actively told me, "Please stop recapping Marvel stuff because you don't like it very much." Um, so I'm going into this. I'm going into this thinking, okay, I'm with your like, knives if, out. If yeah. this is one of the least 
like best reviewed Marvel things ever. I am probably gonna freaking hate this, mm-hmm. and and also I can't wait to hear how Jeff is gonna justify loving this on the show. <laughs> I watched the movie. I'm like, not only did I like it, I actually thought it was great, and <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, and and therefore by transitive property or you know th- law of thermodynamics number two or whatever the fuck, Jeff Kanata. <laughs> He's going to think it's even better than I think it is. It's true. Can I, right? can, can I pull back the curtain just even a little farther, Dave? <laughs> yeah, Because go, there was a, a, a text exchange uh-huh. of trying to get, uh, we, we were figuring out who the, our guest was going to be. So, super glad Katie is our guest. But you were, you were uh, talking about uh, some names of people that oh, maybe yes. trying to find someone that liked the movie to, to bring on as a, a, a you know, a. Uh, uh, that, counter- that's not how I would describe my mission there, but yes, I, I, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to bring on a guest that wouldn't make you feel actively terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting there going, I know that I hated this movie, <laughs> and Dave is so worried about like me not being the only one that liked it, and 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 I'm just sitting there going, oh, I feel so bad that. Well, because well, don't because feel bad, well, yes, honestly, now that's don't. good to know. Now I, you know, um, but yes, uh, <laughs> it's good to I, know now. No longer will you ever <laughs> regard my feelings in any way at all. Yes, indeed. I mean, um, uh, but it's for further pulling back the curtain. Like, I think it's important to you, Jeff, that we not know each other's opinions. Yes. On the movies before the review. Yes. Begins, right? Very, so. very important in my opinion. Yes. yes. Which is um, hard when somebody posts TikTok reviews. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we've never said that was a hard and fast rule because I tweet about my, yeah, my, yeah, my we tweet, thoughts we tweet about things. I mean, you know, we, we, be, we try not to pay attention to each other. On, yeah, on these that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. We used to be really uh, stringent about that on, on the Totally Rad Show. I remember that. Mm-hmm. To, the, yeah. to the point of like ridiculousness. Where, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, you guys would take a really crazy concept yeah. of viewing pop culture and <laughs> stretch it a bit too far? Huh, yeah, amazing. yeah it's, it's shocking, isn't it? A few <laughs> quick thoughts on the movie. I I mean, I just am baffled at how anyone thinks this is like the worst MCU film. There there are because just by mm-hmm. sheer dint of its ambition, which it, the the time scale of a normal MCU movie is like three weeks. <laughs> sure, right? like, sure, sure. And the time scale of this movie is like five thousand years or whatever. All right? of existence, like, basically. Right. And yeah. so or yeah, all of human existence basically. And so it's like just because of how ambitious it is, I give it like kind of points for uh swinging for the fences right because like okay yes but therein lies very big problems right (laughs) i mean you literally have a group of people who are super powered protectors of earth who are like let's just sit out the holocaust let's let's just sit out let's sit out (laughs) thanos let's sit out like every single mcu world threatening you got me yeah because like these 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 the, this group is supposed to be like superpower beings, yet they have to just stand by nonchalantly with everything yeah. awful that could be possibly happen happened. I, I think we expect yeah. to be okay with it. Yep, that, that's one of the. We're here to fight tentacle dogs. We're yeah, <laughs> only, <laughs> only the tentacle yeah, dogs. The only only thing that is of harm to these people, to to the whole <laughs> of mankind. We are okay, but you know, with natural disasters, nah. It's yeah. like, it doesn't make sense. It's a bit of or, a tough pill to swallow, I think. And yeah, even, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this in spoilers, but there are characters yeah. who disagree with this overall mission, and I feel like there's no reason those characters shouldn't have popped up and been like, "Hey, we're we're trying, we're also trying to save you guys. We're we're yeah. a whole other thing, you know." I guess I feel like. You know, they run into this difficulty in the MCU anytime they try to introduce like a godlike power, right? 
And mm-hmm. so there is you, you basically as an audience member have to just accept it in my opinion. Like I understand if people have an issue with it, but it's like what are mm-hmm. they are they just never going to introduce any character with godlike powers ever, you know, cuz then it's like then there's no plausible explanation for why they were here the whole time and didn't do anything. So they have to come up with some cockamamie BS about how, oh, we were only supposed to interfere when deviants were involved. And well, it's put, like, put them in stasis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are good you know, solutions. Anything. Yeah. So, and, or, 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 well, don't or like with Captain care- Marvel scheduling problems. That's yeah. Scheduling yeah, yeah, problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Or, I mean, I mean, the central concept behind these I mean, they're called Eternals, right? Mm-hmm. The whole central concept is we've been here the whole time, so I think we got to figure out the we got to figure out a better solution than they're not supposed to, you know. And <laughs> and and also, also, you know, we'll get to this in spoilers, but the explicit reason for them being on Earth at all makes no sense in the context of that explanation. Absolutely. All right, let, Absolutely. let's get the spoilers, but I'll just say that. I appreciated the time scale. Love the cast. Yep. I actually thought the the powers and the way they're executed was really cool. I yeah. agree that the opening, get finger guns. I agree <laughs> that the opening action sequence was rough because when you're watching it, you're like, the CG is not looking great, and also I don't it's understand bad. what anyone is doing. Like well, the, the, the choreography is bad. There's no tension to it. Exactly. It's just yeah, like yeah. The, it is, I agree the opening yeah. was not great, but there is at least one other action scene in the movie that I thought was mm-hmm. genuinely very good. The, the finale but, one, is yeah. and then it's st- yeah. and it starts with like this prehistoric man, uh, child seeing their. <laughs> Uh, parent wiped off the face of the planet. Yeah. No reaction up. to that. <laughs> Zero reaction. Well, how, are you, how are you supposed to react? Awesome. Yeah, well, I would. I would. I would react. Right, right would. after that, though, he sees gods flying down. Yeah, like, okay. gods yeah. flying in just like, He's taking like, in a lot. Like, that happens. This and this happened. There's no <laughs> yeah. time to react to either one. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, take right. the Processing. bronze knife, which somehow kickstarts uh, the Bronze Age for humanity. I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes please. sense. That, that, yeah, that tracks. so okay. clunky. I'm anyway, sorry. anyway. Um, so, and and I thought that uh, yeah, it's obviously playing with these huge ideas, and in my opinion, it manages to combine some of the the best elements of Chloe Zhao's work with the MCU. I know people don't think that marriage worked out very well, mm-hmm. uh, but for me, it's like, oh wow, they're, they're actually like. This movie actually takes a beat to like try to appreciate like these scenic vistas and nature and like all these other things that we know from Chloe Zhao's movies, which are very uh, meditative and and kind of barely have any plot. Um, and so I thought it was a it was kind of a good sort of combination that worked for me. Understood if it didn't work for other people. Okay, let's get to spoilers because there's a lot more we have to discuss. So spoilers <laughs> for Eternals starting right now. Now you're looking for the secret. Trying to see this coming? No. But you won't find it because, of course... You're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. All right. Let's talk about spoilers. Uh, Jeff, why don't we start with you? Because I think you had some... Big issues of the the final act and and how they jettison Kumal's character. Right? Uh, oof, man. I mean, how, 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 tell me how they jettison. <laughs> so, just, sorry, guys. I have to go to my other planet. I guess. I, <laughs> it's just very well, confounding. I I need to know the reason for that. There had to yes. be some sort of yes. scheduling issue where we we can't get him on these dates, and so let's just write him out. There has to be some reason because he's by <laughs> far the most fun part of this movie, and. 
to just like be asked. Yeah. And it's weird yeah. because the entire, th- the entire, <laughs> dude, it's, it's, it drives me nuts. The entire solution to the problem is we all have to Voltron, right? We all yep. have to yep. be there. It's super important <laughs> that all of us are there to combine our powers to make this brain thing. But wait, isn't there like one dude very specifically missing? Don't think about that. He'll be, he'll help her move <laughs> later. It's no big deal. Jeff, I I, you I were screaming. Not, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It does You're not make down. sense. Like, listen, I wanted Kumail never got a chance to show off his guns. He never got a chance to be shirtless in this movie. Everybody's wearing kurtas. So it's like, it, it doesn't matter what you look like underneath, really. Like, it, it yeah. could be anything. Yeah, it feels um, like a shame that. It's like, when, yeah. remember, it's like Mark Hamill said that he was working out before Last Jedi and he was wearing cloaks, his cloak the whole time. It's like, <laughs> in this time, you can't expect this guy to just do all this work to yeah. look like that and have it not show off yeah. properly <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think this movie does a lot of that too like this this movie brings angelina jolie into the mcu angelina jolie playing a character who is the literal like source of mythology for athena she is she is a god warrior um barely pays attention to her well and like, also she's yeah. she's she's a character that will constantly maybe betray us at any moment maybe betray us <laughs> yeah. maybe betray us like, like it just 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 can't just you know just step aside and just take a deep breath otherwise she's, a deep breath. Go, she, she's somebody who has like... to be yeah she has to be taken care of uh by by her boyfriend i guess and played by an actor I love uh, Ma Dong Suk from uh, Train to Busan, it? right? Train to yeah, Busan, Train to like Busan. The, Busan. the guy film. with the good arms, you know. Like <laughs> we love him in that. Th- this movie has so many people I love, but it kind of short trips and everybody. Salma Hayek is um, is sort of like the leader of this group, but we don't really get enough time with her either, and her death just kind of rang hollow to me. Um, there's a lot of confounding things going on. Salma Hayek had mm-hmm. to step aside. So that mm-hmm, Gemma mm-hmm. Chan could step up as the did did she is yeah. he yeah, she yeah, didn't step aside uh, willingly you know <laughs> but yeah I mean it I think was like, not willingly yeah. <laughs> and also for any any kind of I mean we get a big twist betrayal right we get the yes. big yeah, yeah. but in, yeah. in order for that to to land to feel like an emotional surprise and a you know feel like something big and important and a, a, you know a gasp internally uh i have to give a shit about the person who Mm -hmm. betrays us right i have to think that they're not a total douchebag throughout the whole movie (laughs) right the the broader i I feel like this movie could have set up the broader allegory of what's happening here is this is an exploration of religious fundamentalism these people are prescribed to live their lives as their god tells them right Mm -hmm. and they can't do otherwise and then some people start to lose faith you know, and they start to splinter off from the group. But Icarus was the true believer the whole time. And like he takes that all the way to the point where he kills his, uh, you know, his leader who who genuinely just wants to take care of everybody. So there is a lot of that going on here. But that also makes me wonder, like, OK, that's your kernel to start really exploring these characters. Right. Like, what is Druig doing? Druig, uh, Barry Keegan's oh, total character, mess. who total mess is just character. in the jungle somewhere, mind controlling villagers. If he is the one who's like. Hey guys, uh, this sucks, and I think our I don't agree with our mission. At least he should be the one that they were trying to do something to help humanity throughout history. Um, and there's the scene with Brian Tyree Henry, you know, at Hiroshima, which everybody's making fun of. And specifically, I don't think the movie's not saying he like he gave them the atom bomb. 
but he gave them, you know, the early tools that kind of led humanity to create mm. technological progress that led mm. to the atom bomb. But even that scene alone just feels like we could have done that some other way. We didn't need a not like this scene in the middle of Hiroshima. Like, yeah. And, 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 yeah. The, the thing that they gave him to bring them into the Bronze Age is a weapon, right? It's so a, maybe like don't be shocked that humanity is just building weapons for the rest of creation. Well, I, again, that is part of the exploration here. So like their God is telling them, let them fight, let them kill each other, you know, because it is better for us in the long run. And that broader idea of like, Oh, these, uh, the celestials or whoever is being birthed in the middle of earth, uh, requires that like requires. But does that, does that make any sense? Given the, the fiction doesn't make sense. Sorry, go ahead, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but it didn't, it doesn't make sense. Cause they said that, um, okay, we're going to let these, you know, these, these people kill each other, but we need mm -hmm. a certain amount of people for the, you know, the emergence to happen. I was like, oh, right. what, what the hell? Well, exactly. you know what? Listen, you know what, guys, you know, you know what this movie sets is, you back is, is six million people in the Holocaust being wiped off the face of the planet. That's listen, probably, listen, totally, totally agree. But this movie is inherently deeply cynical about the fate of humanity's progress. You know what pushes us forward as a society and as a technology? Fighting, killing each other. Yeah. A war that creates new technology so we find new ways to kill each other. A space race that leads to, you know, the microwave and the computer and the smartphone. Like it is, that's, this is what the movie is saying. Yeah. 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 Pretty explicitly. And I, so I agree with you that it, so uh, yes, I think Jeff, it, it is cynical and it's basically saying like those are like short-term losses we'll take to like for the, for the, you know, better furtherance of humanity in the future which which is like kind of upsetting if you think about it so that's, it's, that's it's upsetting yeah. and it, it doesn't the the celestials i mean the the i can't even remember the name of it that the celestial uh, uh what's it called Ty, <laughs> the, the Ty, big baby the big baby i don't know yeah the the one inside earth yeah um all it wants Humus. the reason it, Humus, it is so it is mm -hmm. so uh uncaring and uh and you know allows people to die or allows you know will destroy all of the people on the planet to be born it just needs them it needs people to mm -hmm. fuel itself to be born so if that is its raison d'etre right if that is is it is its central defining characteristic you would think that if it had a group of robots that were on the planet to defend the planet it would try to preserve every single life to get there as fast as possible it makes i mean no Jeff, sense. We, ju we just explained, like, why. No, I understand that, from the yeah, movie's yeah. perspective, but not from the celestial perspective. <laughs> that, that's reality of what has happened to human civilization. We are a society built on killing each other and only progressing because we found better ways to kill each other. And the society that's killed more people ends up to dominating and bringing their technology everywhere. Like, I write about technology and I know, like, this is it. This is sadly what we are. I, I get that, and I get that. That's what the movie is saying, but it doesn't make any sense from the celestials' perspective. That, like, I, yeah, that, yeah, that's that. That the idea that you kill a, a few people to have a lot more people be born doesn't make any sense to me in the sense of like I just mm -hmm, want mm -hmm. to burst out of the planet as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, well, yeah, maybe. Uh, the, I'm sure the, they have the math all worked out. Jeff, they, they, okay? They've seen this happen <laughs> many, many times. They've plotted you know, the, the exponential curve. It doesn't curves. make sense. Yeah. The whole point yeah. of them was the whole point of the Eternals being on Earth is to protect mankind. How are they supposed to protect mm -hmm. mankind by allowing mankind to kill each other so that more man more of mankind can survive so that they could die? That doesn't make mm -hmm. sense at all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I agree. Sure. And the whole the whole thing is like, okay, these deviants are there 
and they could possibly kill enough people that it would set back the Celestials. So we got to put the robots there to, to, to stop the deviants, <laughs> except for the fact that we've never fucking heard of deviants killing anybody. Mm-hmm. But we have heard mm-hmm. of a lot of things killing a lot of people. Well, Eternals have done such a great job, yeah, basically, they, they, of they... keeping down the deviants. That's why we right. have... So you're okay, saying okay. that, uh, unchecked, the deviants <laughs> would kill more people than the Holocaust. Than the Holocaust, than the atom bomb, <laughs> yeah. Thanos, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... That check that checks out. That, yeah, Thanos literally those wiped guys out. Pretty scary, Jeff. Literally wiped out fifty percent of the population. <laughs> but these tentacle dogs, watch out for them. Well, I think the the mythology that the movie sets up is a little cloudy too, because right, the deviants are there to kind of uh, they were there first to also spur on humans coming on. The de- the, de- the deviants weren't there to just immediately start killing humans. Something went wrong with their programming and then they started killing humans. They're, yeah. Um, like that's but, but, the, but I think Jeff is just saying that deviants yeah. look really puny as a threat to humanity compared they, they to suck. literally any of the things that we have faced in the course of the last hundred years, like they climate suck. change. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> right. yeah, the internal should be fucking fighting climate change, dude. <laughs> Okay, oh, um, I will now try to say some things that I thought were good about this film, okay? And uh, I may fail, but I'm going to try. Uh, I actually, first of all, I thought the the idea of Druig and him like saying, okay, I'm going to go off into the woods and mm-hmm. create my own little mini community, uh, but I'm it not going to interfere with the, the course of global affairs. The idea of people that could stop something and then don't because they're ordered not to I think is really interesting mm-hmm. emotional territory to mine. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it kind of does get to it a little bit, like with the Druig plotline. Um, and so I thought the way that the Druig thing was executed with the eyes and everything like that, all those people like raising their guns at the thing, like all that stuff was really just well executed and very creepy in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's, I kind also, of enjoy- yeah. it's a character like that being like, oh, I'll just be a fascist. I will just take mm-hmm. away free will from everybody to get my to get my own designs, um, and I, I think the movie is trying to explore that too. Like you're yeah. better, people are telling him you're better than this, yada yada yada. But again, I agree, and I, I really like that action scene. Honestly, yeah. the, the whole action scene where everyone's kind of using their different powers in different ways. Mm-hmm. E- even Gemma Chan's powers are useful. You know, like she. <laughs> She reminded me of like, uh, you, you know, like uh, there's a there's like a Family Guy joke about how like Meg, yeah. and Family Guy, yeah. you know, her ability was like she could grow her fingernails out really fast, right? Yeah. Like that was her. She, she power. is she's the sort of like Jubilee in this where yeah, Jubilee's Jubilee. power where you make little firecrackers, right? You make now, little lights. At the end of the day, obviously her powers end up being very consequential and useful, but like the you know even her the, even the character herself in this movie thinks that yeah. her powers are not very strong listen yeah. and you, you also, guys want to talk about the logic the illogicality of yeah. this entire plan by the celestials why why shouldn't everybody be superman exactly shouldn't all your eternals be superman <laughs> exactly you you make one well, so superman have, really yeah, so make one yeah. superman and one, one finger power. guns yeah <laughs> well yeah the, the godlike being shouldn't they have the same set of powers yes yes Absolutely. Well, the idea, the idea, behind, the beautiful <laughs> idea behind it, right, is that all of these people's powers are complementary in some way, and that like uh, you know each of them make up for each other's weaknesses. Although I guess Superman doesn't have any weaknesses in this in this version, right? <laughs> Dude, the craziest The craziest thing about this movie, honestly, is that. DC Comics exist in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Yes. they reference them. It's that wild. Blew my mind. Well, hold on, hold on. So before before we get to, I, there's actually an email I want to read about that. But before mm-hmm. we get to that, so 
I, I actually, you know, you, you as the audience member need to suspend your disbelief a shit ton in this movie. I think is really what is happening. Right? Why did the Why did the Eternals not fight back against the Battle of New York? And why did the blah blah blah? And you know, I, I get all that. I get all that. But it, why did they not just not make everyone Icarus? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, of like you know, fourteen Icari. Why Why does Cersei exist? Like her powers. Why? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, again, I thought, I thought that uh, so I thought that the way that she used her powers in that big battle where she like turns the barn into steel or whatever. Sure. That was sure. kind of cool. I was like a very oh, specific could... scenario. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, David Chen's like leaning forward. Like I could see that <laughs> being like useful in a battle now, you know, like uh, and so and, may, and maybe it's just not practical to construct a Swiss army knife of eternal, you know, like maybe you need each eternal to have yeah. a specific set of skills because it doesn't work out if you do it. the other. Well, way, l- listen, we're, we're in spoiler territory now, right? So the Celestials are the creators of all life, the creators of everything. And I guess the Eternals are like their their role playing characters, right? They're bored. They just want to. I want to have a knight action over figures. here. Yeah, they're action figures. I want to have a knight over here. I want to have a mage over here. You know, I gotta gotta mix it up in these planets. Can't can't have it be all one thing. They're just we're riffing, bored. yo. They're just riffing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is we're basically in a large scale D and D game right now. Yes, happening. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So uh, let me just list a f- couple of the things I really Im- appreciated the relationship between. Uh, the uh, Angelina Jolie and that other dude that she was with, the Asian <laughs> Ma Dong Suk, yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh. Ma, Ma Dong Suk, Gilgamesh. Yeah. Um, I, I that was actually like kind of a touching, I don't know, uh, friendship mm-hmm. between the it's, two it's of them. It's a better like, version there's, there's, of the. There's no romantic of, over. Uh, there's no romantic like overtones mm-hmm. to, to right. just that would be like, oh, will they or won't they? It was. It was just one of those relationships that was mm-hmm. just purely based on support. And mm-hmm. that was because, especially because, especially because they're quite strong, they don't need that kind of like will they or won't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, suggestion to yeah. under underline their relationship. To I, to me, by the way, that is deeply romantic. You know, like to be yeah. the superpowered beings and all you do is support each other. Like the the best relationships are just support. You know, you don't bit, you don't even have to have the the boring sex scene or even a kiss. <laughs> like just be there for each other. And I think they did a good job with that. And there Especially is Especially th- as they've been around for thousands and thousands of years. Absolutely. They don't Absolutely. need to have that romance at all. Absolutely. On, on that mm-hmm. note, actually, I actually think this movie did a better job of um these people being around for thousands of years as an idea, like selling that concept, then another very rapturously reviewed movie, The Old Guard, which was on Netflix recently. And I felt like that movie, I didn't really believe, I didn't, it, it didn't really register for me that like these people have been around for thousands of years. I, you know, like I, in the I old hear guard. you. I, I'm not going to, I, I know you'll try to fit in your Old Guard slander wherever you can, <laughs> David Chen. Yes, no, I try. Um, the I try the to difference fit it in is, I, where you can't even see it coming. Yeah, you know, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I actually like those characters. <laughs> right, though. right. Like right. that, that's the, the ultimate difference but, here. Like, but there, would you there's agree a lot. that this movie does mm-hmm. a decent job of like, you kind of believe that these people have been around for that long? Just because, you know, sure, it sure, shows sure. them in all these different settings as a baseline, right? Yeah. It's a much bigger budget movie. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, and then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just say uh let's see what else can I say about this movie that's good. I mean, I uh-huh, think that uh-huh. uh I thought like Lauren Ridloff the the concept of that character is really interesting and also I I like the execution as well. She is so um, cool. And she has that like a little bit of a relationship with Druig too. Like I like that these people end up having friendships within their families and fights within their families. You know, th- this this entire movie hinges on a Thanksgiving dinner fight. 
basically. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it all comes yeah. down to. Like how how could you not do what our Lord and Savior tells us? Like that that's why we're here. Um, yeah. It's a really good way of yeah. putting it, actually. But yeah, uh, yeah the uh, the other thing is just like as a piece of storytelling, I thought it was kind of smart that they made Leah McHugh, who's who's the actor who plays Sprite. Sprite. Mm-hmm. Uh, she becomes a human at the end of the movie, and I'm like, okay, that's a, that's an okay, you know, this this movie has ten Eternals, okay, so you're not <laughs> going to have in that many that much time to be able to go through the plots of each one. You literally so have to have one exit stage right for no reason for your third <laughs> act. It's true, it's true, but so the movie is going to paint with broad brushstrokes, and this one character she wants to be a an actual human, and I was like, okay, I mean, whatever. I don't think you really put enough into the movie to make me believe in that love story, but I get I get this kind of core desire that we've seen. It's like an archetypal char- uh, archetypal mm-hmm. character that wants to be human. Well, she, and then she I, is uh, the the girl from Interview with the Vampire, or like many other many other films like that. She is. It sucks. It's raping Eternal unless your Eternal is a kid, because you can't do anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And but what I was going to say was um, that it's clever that they made her human because then she can go on other Eternal's adventures in the future after she becomes also, an adult person. Also, this actor is going to get older. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like now, now next time when you see her much older, it will make sense. <laughs> so, uh, so she's like, I'm looking at your MCU contract. You're signed for three or four more movies. Uh, we can't keep you young. So I'm, I'm going to just make you human. Kevin Feige was like, you know, yeah, let's just make her human and let that be like a kind of minor subplot mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, okay. Do you, this, any, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. We got this email from Tyler writing into slash filmcastgmail.com. Yo, DJD, Dave Jeff Domingo. Mm-hmm. In the Eternals movie, there are two jokes referencing DC characters <laughs> one about Alfred and one about Superman. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> Is DC now fiction within the MCU, but Marvel itself? Isn't fiction? Yes. Are they leaving the Maybe door open to cross over with DC someday? I found it striking they made this kind of joke twice in the movie. It made it felt intentional. It is <laughs> super weird. Uh-huh. Super. I think that's weird to interpretation, isn't it? Uh, what? What? W- which one? Um, which I can't one remember. <laughs> Sorry, someone refresh my memory. There's I, an Alfred joke, and then there is the kid literally calls Icarus Superman. So, ah, right. Yeah, I, I think I think what we are supposed to believe. Is that Marvel superheroes are real yes. and exist mm-hmm. in that world, mm-hmm. and DC superheroes are a fictional construct that those <laughs> people in that world can read about, yeah, mm-hmm. or watch right. movies of, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. I mean, it, it, it yeah, like we don't know that, and maybe one day when um, Disney acquires Warner Brothers, uh, they will be brought together. We will find out. Actually, they were in the same universe the whole time. Yeah, but it's just planting a seed for years later after the acquisition of Warner Brothers. Yeah, oh yeah. God. brilliant, exactly. brilliant Marvel. I know, I know. They they they're gunning for the DC universe. They want to own it all one day. So, um, anyway, just a just a thing worth pointing out that it's like, oh, this this is the first time. It's it's a, it's one of those things where you point it out and then you realize that there's never been a reference to Superman in the entire MCU, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, and it's like, oh yeah, I guess there hasn't been one. It's more like you know, uh, in the in the in the '40s, there were like a lot of uh, you know World War II comic books, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, which were like fictionalized telling of of things that actual people did in the world. That's mm-hmm. how it is. Like, there's actual, you know, Thor is a real god who flies around, and you know. But then there's like this company that just thought, hey, we'll just invent our own characters that do that too, because kids might want to read about. Not the real ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, all right. I, I want to talk about the post credits, but before we get to that, Katie Smithong, I just want to go to you one more time to see, like, 
what were your thoughts on how this movie ended and specifically kind of the big sort of CG ending where they kill the, they, they freeze the celestial. Like, did that work for you? Or were you kind of like, this is just more Marvel CG was, nonsense? I thought it took a long time to get to that point. And then when yeah. you got to that point, it was like a bit of a flurry to tie up loose ends. Um, to, to not only tie up loose ends, but to also incorporate everyone's involvement into the big save of the film. Yeah. And so when... Everyone the, but Kingo. Yeah. <laughs> Because yes. fuck that guy. Fuck, fuck that guy. That guy. <laughs> so when the end scenes came about, I was just thinking, oh, is that it? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we're just going to be left here? And so <laughs> needless to say, when the spoiler um, uh, spoiler scenes do come about, I was a bit like, because, I managed, because there was a huge hoo-ha about them being spoiled prior to release. And so when the scenes actually came about, I was like, because <laughs> I had not heard or read anything about it. It was a complete genuine surprise. You're and talking then, about the post credit scenes now, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so got it, got it. The, well, actually, yeah, the first one, it was a bit like that. The second mm-hmm. one was a bit, I think, could have worked better before it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have so, would have loved a glimpse of uh, of that voice in the oh, second one. Oh yeah, definitely. One. Especially as I only found out the other day who it was. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I would have wanted to see them. G- give me more <laughs> blade. I mean, no, no. it's a weird. It's also yeah. a weird. It is such a weird reveal <laughs> that he is a superhero. That I guarantee you, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the audience has never. Heard of? Never heard. Yeah, of. Yeah, no, never. Yeah. Well, never. L- let me, guys. I th- let's take a step back and remember yeah. that ninety nine percent of the post credit sequences in Marvel films are basically garbage. Like they they are, <laughs> they are bad. Except for the first one. How dare Except you? For the, the, how dare you? Jackson. There is yeah. the occasional. The there is the occasional the interesting. MCU relies on their post credit scenes. Thank you very much. They yeah. are okay. occasionally interesting. They are usually fun, uh-huh. but they are typically kind of like when you look back. If you were to watch all the post credit sequences in a row you would cringe i guarantee it some I mean, of them are uh, actively it's, bad that's that's it's fine there are yeah. more hits than misses in my opinion anyway but okay <laughs> putting aside my objectionable viewpoint there yeah uh, I, the, i'm expecting as long as i'm not actively offended by this thing it's a success and so to me introducing harry styles as eros who i guess is thanos's <laughs> half brother is that right yeah um and then uh kit harrington is dane whitman um who Black is trying Knight. to Black yeah. Knight. Sorry. So, so Jeff, you want to? You want to? You, do you know anything about these characters that you the, can share with us, dude? The not King Arthur the, superhero. Yes, basically. The the, <laughs> fa- the the fact that we are this low, <laughs> it, this deep in the in the bench of of Marvel characters at this point is is like I can't even. I yeah. can't even reckon with it. it we're, we're, we're scraping at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Meanwhile, the X-Men, where the hell are the X-Men? Give me well, give me some X-Men. We're talking about Black Knight? Dude, I, 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 I'm shocked that Black Knight as a reveal in a post-credit sequence is like the big... It, it's so bonkers yeah. that that's where we are right now with the Marvel Universe where it's just like... It's, <laughs> it's so obscure. I didn't... It's, it's just like, unless you are like a hardcore Marvel fan, I know... Every single character that you yeah. know, Stanley and Jack Kirby have re- had mm-hmm. ever created, you're not going to get that reference until someone spoils it. 
You yeah. know what people would get though is motherfucking Blade. You <laughs> yeah. don't have Blade. <laughs> so the idea, the idea is that yeah. Blade is the voice. Mahershala yeah. Ali, who's playing Blade in Epic Marvel film, is the voice that's speaking with Kit Harrington at the end, yeah. right? Give, me, give me a glimpse. Give me a glimpse weird, of the costume. It certainly, um, it certainly seems to indicate that Black Knight, Kit Harrington's Black Knight, will be more involved in the occult side of the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. <laughs> but he's introduced in the cosmic side, which is. It's it's just like we are they, they give zero fucks at this point. They're they're yeah, like it, it is full on comic book logic now, and I and I it's, I gotta just give it. You'll, up for you'll that. watch it. You'll yeah, watch it. The pandemic's oh. just ruined the, the timetable of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you just kind of have to bear in mind that you know we were supposed to see Thor: Love and Thunder now, right? But mm. now, you know we have to wait a few several several more months. So we just have yeah. to kind of have to. I think we just need to. No longer expect things on a timetable. I mean, right. Black Widow taught us things that. As we go. This, yeah. Yeah. This, pandi- this global pandemic uh, changed everything, which is yet another thing the Eternals could have prevented. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> well, it does not exist in the MCU, so, you know. Yeah. I honestly think that the, the, the um, post-credit pop, you know, the audience pop, was more for mm-hmm. Harry Styles being part of the MCU than yeah, any yeah, character yeah. reveal yeah. Marvel-wise, you know? That, that was uh, spoiled in headlines, too, oh, after really? the premiere. That, so it was and Patton Oswalt. How could, how could you do that? I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. there's, no, there's no need for you to spoil that particular <laughs> news way before Apparently, anyone yeah. else has seen it. It's not fair. I've, I've learned that some people are very excited by this. I was like, oh, I, I guess I remember him. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think uh, you know uh, Patton Oswalt as Pip is pretty cool. That's fun. Uh, it, it was fun to hear his voice, you know, start the beginning of that thing, and then Star, Star Fox is it, it, potentially a cool character. Uh, but again, these are these are very deep, very kind of goofy level, you know, cosmic characters. Uh, I, I hope they have I hope they have a better plan than they showed in this movie because I, I the post credit sequence made me go, oh my god, the Eternals are going to be a central part of this phase they really yeah. are they're, they're in it i've and never they're, they're heard you more disappointed yeah, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> one i think it's just going to allow other characters to be connected to, to them and one way or another like the avengers will be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how the mcu will integ- integrate sure. their yeah. involvement I, I think that scene by the way like has pop music playing in the background so it's like okay they're going to be in guardians 3 like that, yeah, that's maybe. where we're leading to basically it certainly feels that way i mean the mm-hmm. pip you know th- these are you know, Guardians of the Galaxy sort of uh, ancillary characters that much more than, I mean, the Eternals hasn't really been a Marvel <laughs> mainstay Marvel property either. Uh, it's it's just it's just wild the 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 breadth of what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a number of other issues with this movie that I'd like to just quickly mention. Why don't you hit us? Hit yeah, us. I, I have one more question to close with, but why don't you hit us? Okay, hit so, us with some of your issues. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe I'm the only one that this it bothered me, but. The idea that we start the movie with Cersei having a boyfriend in, in you know, Dane Whitman, and then the mm-hmm. rest of the movie is basically Cersei and Icarus love stuff. It's a, it's a road trip. Those are, all, those are all flashbacks, though, right? I know, like, but it's weird. Man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to invest. So. I'm supposed to care about their... What? 
There's no, there's no reason to introduce Kit Harrington at the beginning like that. He literally comes into play zero. It's just setting up the post credit scene. It's like, not, it's so weird. Um, you, 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 it's, it's like you're you, beginning to see how the Marvel algorithm works. Jeff. No, like, it's really, it's, I'm, it's, I'm shocked. I'm defending this against you, Jeff. But I mean, I feel like this. <laughs> you need her to have some kind of grounding. With without Kit Harrington, yes, she has no other yes. connection to the human world. Basically, yeah. So, like that's that, the, a the function of that character is to like kind of connect her with the actual world that we live in and recognize. Yeah, and I, I just don't think yeah, that works. I agree, though. You, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cersei was there to just make sure that and enable the compassionate side of the Eternals may shape mm-hmm. her into that into the surprising leader of the group because it's like if she wasn't as strong, strongly connected to mankind and Earth, would they have fo- would they have you know followed her? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually, whether or not it worked for you is a different question, right? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And ahead. I actually think, as you guys are kind of commenting, there is a movie underneath this movie somewhere. It's like hidden inside this movie is a, a, a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's just so bogged down by – every all of the interesting stuff is obfuscated by boring stuff. And oh. it's – yeah, it's so clunky. Anyway, yeah. You know what's, so, what's fascinating is that a lot of that boring stuff feels like the MCU template that this movie kind of has to work through. So it, it is. I'm sitting back here <laughs> and just being very fascinated <laughs> by you, like seeing this uh, this artifice, Jeff, and, uh, yeah, and like really. I think it. you're. Mi- yeah. I think you're. I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying, and I. No, I, that- I it, it, I I appreciate your joyful glee at me finally not liking an MCU movie, but <laughs> no, it's not that. It is you. It is the the uh, blinders have been pulled from your eyes, and you're <laughs> seeing not, how the MCU no. movies like are connected and work, and they're, no, they're, they're, they're connected yeah, yeah. and work. I, I'm I'm saying that there's a way to do that that doesn't feel so clunky it doesn't mm-hmm. feel yeah, it, yeah and most of the movies thus far have have done it okay another thing that bothers yeah. me is uh kingo has <laughs> Poor convinced kingo. the world that he is he is like four generations of himself mm-hmm. so as not to come out as an eternal and yet he's making a documentary about the eternals well, he wants he wants them to have their reveal because yeah, the, he, this is his coming out party. The Avengers are out. Yeah, People yeah. know superheroes exist. Yes, so they're like, okay, right. we should have yeah. our own. We need there our social media. Okay, that one was easy. We gotta get that our, was easy. Yeah, next, yeah, we got to get our clout going. <laughs> Come on, I just none of it. None of it feels like it's in the same movie. It's like all these different yes threads that are all sort of in different movies competing for this movie, and none of them win. It, it is yeah, yeah. I feel like the the story of the making of this movie would be endlessly fascinating because you could feel the push and pull between what Chloe Zhao is trying to do and what Marvel wants her to do. But also, I feel like Chloe Zhao got more leeway here than yes. a lot of other yeah. of these directors. Like, I don't know who else can be like, listen, I just won, I just won an Oscar. Don't fuck with this movie. Like, if I'm going to pan away from Angelina Jolie, I will. And she yeah. did. Yeah. She focused yeah. on uh, Sprite. Somebody, yeah. somebody gave her yeah. the thumbs up on two hours and thirty seven minutes. So yeah, you know, yeah. Jeff, do you have any anything else on your list? Otherwise, I I want to have a closing. No, question go ahead, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> well, my, here's the thing: we we have not really spoken that much about the fact that a I think this is like kind of a backdoor first Asian female superhero in the MCU. That's great. Uh, like she mm-hmm. ba- basically ends up being the protagonist of the movie. And so my question we is: We have to kill off the other Asian though to, in order to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> and hide the other one. Like the other one cannot be in the finale either. <laughs> yes, so yeah. Um, but uh, I guess like f- fundamentally for me, Eternals is a movie about 
Gemma Chan character, Gemma Chan's character's emotional journey, Cersei, right? Like what her realizing like, hey, I can be the main lead of this movie basically is kind of like mm-hmm. what yeah. what this movie yeah. is about. And so, you know, my question for you, uh, let's start with Katie Smith Wong, is did that, the core of that emotional journey work for you? And, I think it uh, did, yeah. yeah. It, it did, did work for you, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, because at the very beginning, she was the one that made, you know, a rapport with mankind at the very beginning of the film she was the one who presented that kid with the bronze dagger and you see she's the one who's really connecting with mankind on a level that doesn't really she doesn't have to act like a god or control others she's on everyone else's level she's on Mm -hmm. the same level as mankind so when Ajak kind of transfers the powers to her like you know she was the only one who was in direct contact with Arisham is it Arisham? Yes. Yeah. So, so it's we're seeing it through her eyes, her dilemma of being a leader, with whilst having struggling with this connection with us. Yes, she she's bound by this mission that she's helped to uphold for de- thousands of years, but this is her home. So, it's, I could totally get the uh, I totally get the connection with her. Plus, I love yeah. Gemma Chan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's so, fantastic. She's she's a she's, star. She's so great. She's so great. Divine, yeah, I was going to ask. So, Divine did, did it like to me the again? Movies have ups and downs and problems, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I think if the core emotional journey of the main character works for you, then it it is overall a success. Like, Divine, do you what did you feel about the Gemma Chan character? I don't know if it's like, yeah, I, I think I like Gemma Chan more than I like Cersei. Yeah, the character. Like, I feel like yeah. the movie just doesn't serve her very well. Like, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of her responding to things. Um, her having. I, I guess she's more closely attached to humans because she has the worst power of her entire immortal family. Um, <laughs> even a, she even yeah. makes a joke. She's like, I can turn something yeah. into metal or I yeah. can do something else yeah. into is, metal. Is it, is it the worst power if she doesn't know the extent of her powers? That's, yeah, that's maybe the, maybe she question. doesn't know the extent. But yeah. I, Did you I, guys, I sorry, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you again, Devendra, just real quick. Did you guys get the fact that she turned a living thing into something in that moment? Because it took me a, a, a real moment to under, understand they, they why. They should say it, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I got she, it. She did say it. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, I, th- I think the movie conveyed it because everyone was like shocked by it, and they did talk about it a little bit. But I, mm-hmm. I can understand if there's initial confusion about that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the the journey of this is her discovering that okay, she has the power to stop, you know, the the ultimate celestial from being born. I still am confused about what really happened at the end because she was also like, um, he he lent me some of his power <laughs> because he wanted to be put into stone. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he lent her the power voluntarily. Was my sense? I, I, don't, I don't know. Didn't I don't really, know how didn't any really of that get it. worked. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's more the the ensemble. I really liked. Like I I like the the family of these immortal heroes who've been around for thousands of years. And the movie shows us a lot of this too. Like we get like Babylon. We get we we get to see things in the past. That I think are really cool. Even if they could have done more with them. Uh, I love the idea of eternal heroes, you know, or warriors starting to think about their purpose. You know, this is it's kind of Blade Runner in that respect, because they're essentially they're they're artificial life. They're not like living beings um, and who are now questioning their existence. And if they live too long, they get the uh, the, the, what the the weary mad weary mad Mad weary. weary. We couldn't come up with a better word for that. It's a cool idea. Couldn't have come up with a better word for that. I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, but you know, that's it. It's sort of like they're Blade Runner characters and they're trying to figure out how to exist and who to serve and whose orders to follow. And I found that conflict to be really interesting because it's really, it is so different from what we typically deal with within the MCU, you know, like a movie like Dr. Strange, which I know a lot of people liked. And, um, that one just never really hit for me because that movie felt like you're just doing Iron Man again. You're doing, you know, the the guy who's brilliant and kind of an ass and, oh, tragedy strikes and he has powers and he learns how to be a better person. Like this movie is at least outside of that template in a way that I found to be kind of com- compelling and interesting. We have seen so much superhero stuff over the past decade where I, I'm just like desperate for something a little different. And to me, I think this is different, even though it doesn't always make sense. And, you know, very, there's a lot in this movie you can complain about. And I can fully understand why some people may just outright hate it. Um, I think it may be just too interesting to hate. Maybe that's just me. I, I, you know, I'm also going to put this out there. I didn't mention this during the review, but I really loved how the powers were conveyed to the audience. They don't sit down and explain right, to you right. like everyone's powers. I'm like, okay, this guy, he can control everyone's brains and this person can make people see things. You know, like they don't, they don't do any, like they just, uh, they show it and then you kind of get it as the movie goes on. And I really love mm-hmm. that about the movie. Like very few yeah, movies... I mean- like mm-hmm. trust the audience that much, in my opinion. Okay. They anyway. they assume we know how superhero stuff works. Yes, you know? so exactly. The, exactly. At, at anyway. the base level. I also want to show, throw a shout out to Brian Tyree Henry, who I think uh, is carrying a lot in this movie. You know, he he is the one introducing technology to humans, which ultimately is, it shows like what the bad things humans can do. He's also the first like openly gay character in a to be a lead character in a Marvel movie. And they actually get a kiss in there. And a lot of that stuff feels like, okay, it, it's about time. They're finally doing it. I like him a lot. And I feel like he can make even a kind of like a, a role that hasn't been fully written. He can breathe life into it. And I wish, uh, I just kind of wish everybody on the cast had done that in a way. Like, um, I, I, I Sprite, saw a, Sprite's actor just didn't work for me at all. And she is mm, so much the focus of this. I movie. thought she was, I thought she was awesome personally, but uh, you know, I, I can understand if it didn't work for you. The, uh, let me, I, I'm going to describe to you all, a meme that I saw online. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is riveting content because it's me describing a meme. But basically, has have you all seen uh, the Simpsons season four episode five, which is the uh, the uh, Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer Homer goes to that the place where he gets the cursed monkey paw? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, uh, and he's a free Froger. The House of Evil, right? And there's this exchange back and forth, and it's like, uh, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. And Homer says, oh, that's bad, but it comes with a free yogurt. That's good. That's good. The Froger is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of toppings. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. <laughs> dot, you know, dot, that's, dot. The, that's the exchange. Yeah. So there's the exchange. It's basically the meme is that exchange, and he's like, the new Marvel character has, I'm sorry, the new Marvel movie has a gay character. That's good. He's responsible for Hiroshima. <laughs> That's bad. Wow. That's only just a two-step one. There's fewer steps. <laughs> yeah, it's fewer steps. Anyway, um, so uh, Jeff, any, uh, like, I, I had asked the question about everyone, like, did the did the Gemma Chan Cersei, like, journey work for you? Or I was think, it kind of over overshadowed by all the other stuff the movie's Yeah, I think it's just buried. Uh, um, I, mm-hmm. I wish the movie had been more about Gemma Chan's character. I think she's, she's a fantastic actress. A, uh, it's a really interesting character. Yeah, make it more about her stepping up to the leadership thing. I think this movie is just sort of, it just collapses under the weight of 
so many characters, a such a long running time trying to do so much. I mean, it is a mm-hmm. very ambitious movie, and I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, at least Devendra in particular likes, you know, p- taking big swings. I, yes. I, lo- I love that about you, Devendra. I love that you mo- love it's movies a, that, it's, yeah, it's that cool. even if they fail, they fail spectacularly, right? Um, and I think I also can appreciate the fact that this movie tries to do some things that MCU movies has, have never done. Yeah. It just trips coming out of the starting gate for me. It, it really, yeah, yeah. like if, if it was, you know, if I was digging this movie through the first act and then it sort of collapsed under the second and third, I think I would feel a little bit better about it. But I mean, five minutes in, I was getting the uh-oh feeling. <laughs> and and it just, it just compounds and compounds. And then the third act is kind of fun. Like, oh man, we're dealing with this cool celestial thing. And I understand, you know, the dynamics of the characters a bit better. And we're actually sort of focused on a goal instead of being Mm -hmm, spread mm -hmm. all over the place and just not having any kind of sense of what this movie even is. Um, So I think I just was out very, very early. And, and I mean, the, the, all of the scenes of like getting the group back together, you know, the sort of oceans 11, like uh, assembling the team, I just found so awful. The, The scene of going to Gilgamesh's, house and like having a meal yeah is is brutal i mean it is very bad i think um wow all right i really like that scene yeah, but, yeah. i like it that feels <laughs> it feels forced it does it's feel interesting forced. how polarizing yeah, yeah. Those like conventional family dinner with a whole load of godlike beings enjoying a meal yeah it just mm-hmm. felt it, it but it did feel forced in some way but it yeah. just kind of i think they could have done more with it Considering that they were this group that has known known and supported each other for thousands of years, mm-hmm. I think more could have been done to explore yes. those relationships rather than just set them up as just a normal group of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. I do think and, the movie tries to do too much. You know, there's a lot. You got to introduce these ten characters, introduce the idea of the Celestials, introduce Deviants, then have the twist where you're going to the yeah, big plot. Yeah. You know, like there's just too much to do in this movie. It was two I, and a half I appreciate hours long. by the end, by the way, that. The deviants, fuck them, they're gone. Like well, what? You, you got yeah. the one that's kind of like become sentient. It's like I blame you for all of this, and uh, at least Angelina Jolie get, like gets a good fight scene in there. I love her as an action star, and I love like she got that chance to shine. But uh, maybe it, the fact that the deviants were sidelined so much in this movie kind of like pleased me because my God, what a boring design and what a yeah. like, yeah. Do you, so I mean, boring, do you ever, so ever mm-hmm. believe that those things are like the biggest threat to the planet? No. <laughs> they are an existential threat to humanity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to say one of the last thing I like about the movie, which is that I think that the idea of all the Eternals being part of humanity uh, during a time in human history when there were gods, like people were writing about gods and mm-hmm. like we have those myths today. That's really interesting. Movies have done this in the past. I refer you to, for instance, Transformers of the Last Night, <laughs> when we found out that uh, Transformers <laughs> were part of uh, the Underground Railroad and fighting the Nazis. Yeah, yeah that's true. And King that's Arthur true. and such. And King right. Arthur. Also, um, now, the, also the old guard, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Transformers and old guard have a lot in common, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think so, that's what we are supposed to think about these characters. That's why yes. their names are... Mm-hmm these names that That's are right. part Fina of and mythologies. Icarus wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like the, you know, the, the scene of that, that really struck me the most was when Sprite was kind of narrating 
kind of components of human history to people in the crowd and kind of just casually using her mm-hmm. powers and just like reflecting on the idea that like maybe there was a time period, you know, if these characters existed where like they just openly used their powers and it was kind of like understood. Yeah. Who, who, who's going to tell, of, you know? Who, right, exactly. There, there's and, no and internet. So, and yeah. then like that as time went on, deviants went away and then they kind of didn't use their powers anymore, basically. But that, I mean, that's and, also a more interesting movie than this one. Like the, this mm-hmm. movie sort of hints that maybe that might be the case, but it doesn't. Like that's right. an interesting it, it, movie too. Is at that... everything. I think my point is it's hinting at everything. Like it's yes. hinting at all these really interesting ideas. Um, but it and doesn't because seize on trying... any of them. Yeah, one could argue, I guess for me, uh, I'm grateful that it was hinting at all those things that were <laughs> yeah. interesting, you know, because, yeah. because this is more interesting stuff that's hinted at than I get in a normal Marvel film personally. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, at the end of the day, it's still really impressive that Chloe Zhao made a movie. Indeed. And um, I'm glad that we were able to have such a spirited debate about it. Uh, but let's wrap things up. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from adamwarrock.bandcamp.com. I think, if everything goes correctly, this will be the last week on the pod. This episode will be the last week you hear that theme song. Oh, I think boy. next week we're going to have the new theme song. Oh, so, so excited. Uh, oh, get wow. psyched. Get psyched. Um, you can find uh, the... Uh, uh, spoiler bumper comes from f- filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. Our weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross, as well as Dave's B Movie Corner music. Uh, check out Noah Ross's work. And this episode was edited by Baby Zhang. Stay tuned to hear what we'll be discussing next week. In the meantime, Katie Smith Wong, thanks so much for joining us today. Where can people find more of your work on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Katie Smith Wong. Uh, that's Katie with an IE. And you can find links to my latest reviews, podcast podcast work, portfolio, as well as the link to the aforementioned podcast, A Love of Cinema by Picture House, where I spoke to Chloe Zhao. Yeah, we'll link to that uh, interview in the show notes. Uh, Katie, you. it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for we having you me. Good time. Yeah. Uh, all right, next week, uh, we've gotten this request a few times, and it's a movie we're really interested to discuss. We're going to be reviewing The French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson movie. It's out in limited release right now, uh, and we're going to be reviewing it and bring it to you folks. Uh, that's going to be our main review next week. Thank you so much. Until next week, we'll see you on the film. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.